Welcome back to another episode of Kimboology. It's your girl Kimbo here, and I am hurting right now. Um, I've been obsessed um, with dancing this um, really dorky but cute dance called Just Dance, and I um, pulled something. Plus, I think I slept wrong on my back, too, after I danced and pulled something. So this is going to be really short and sweet. Um, first of all, welcome back to the show. Um, we had a technical issue this week. Um, the file, I, I did interview, um, Lana Sins, who is a amazing, amazing, beautiful spirit, Torian, sex worker, stripper, dancer, mother of two, brujaria, um, nursing school student, um, paramedic, the list goes on and on. Um, she's a superwoman. I interviewed her, but of course our file got corrupt, so she will be joining us later on. Um, we're going to do another recording together. We were actually going to probably do a recording in, in studio somewhere. So we're going to plan that out for later. But in the meantime, I'm excited because I have a guest on for you guys later. Yes, right now it's solo tolo kimbo. Um, but I have a guest on for you guys later. Um, it is Cole from the Chillinoy podcast, um, who is a huge cannabis um, wealth of knowledge. Excuse me, wealth of knowledge. And that has um, agreed to come on the show. And I was on his show maybe a few months back. And so check out my episode, too. I'll put that in the show notes as well, if you haven't already. Um, but he's now he's doing my show. So I'm really excited, guys. We had an amazing conversation. So that's why I don't want to be too long here. Um, it is episode 62. Wow, right? Um, let's see. Okay, let's, let me do this in Thai. Nung song sam si ha hok. Hok Sip Song. 62 is Hok Sip Song. And it is um, Sesenta uh, y Dos in Spanish. 62 in Spanish. There you go. Um, sorry, it took me a while. I was like, yo, what is it? Um, but yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Uh, welcome back. Thank you again for listening to the podcast, uh, you know, where we teach you or we encourage you to what? Meditate, masturbate, and medicate. Um, and I'm excited, guys, because me and Cole did a really fun segment for our 3M segment later. So I can't wait for you guys to, um, you know, get into that later. So like I said, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, I will update you guys um, about what's going on with me in a later episode. Like I said, I already fucking recorded it this week. But again, the file got corrupt. So I'm fucking sitting here not only in literal pain, um, like, literally, guys, like, I, like breathing hurts. Like, I don't know if you guys ever, like, <clears throat> pulled something or, like, pinched a nerve. or I don't know what, Rick, you, producer Rick's, like, you slept on it wrong and you pinched a nerve and that's why. Because literally when I breathe, I, like, it's, like, it hurts. So I'm not going to be here long talking to you guys, even though I missed you guys a lot. Um, my co-host Becky is still gallivanting in Mexico, um, trying to get, you know, dropping thirst traps, you know, for the Mexican sugar daddies out there. So um, she's over there. No, I'm just kidding. She's out there getting her best life, enjoying her vacation. I'm really happy for her. Literally, I'm getting the, the itch myself. Like, I'm just like, I need to get the fuck up out of here. But again, we are still here in um, Amarion, the Pandarosa in Amarion right now. So, um, you know, the, the COVID cases and, you know, all these different variants, it's just too much. So that's kind of why I've been really hesitant to travel out of the country. Um, but it's been such a long time, guys. Like, again, like it, like for New Year's, me and producer Rick have a tradition where we usually like go out the country, um, spend New Year's somewhere else. And this year we didn't. So um, it felt really like, ugh, 
like kind of hurt us a little bit in that sense because you know I got COVID, so I had to you know stay isolated and stay in the house. So, um, but yeah, it, it's like I'm I'm gonna be really really excited once the freedom to travel is like back on. So, because uh, right now I don't feel it. Like I know you can probably go to some you can go to some countries and be like fine, but um, yeah, I just like it's not the same. You know, like but I don't know. I'm I'm getting the itch, so I definitely need to go somewhere far soon. Um, 2022, I'm definitely doing it. Like I'm doing it. Like me, me and producer Rick will be vaccinated and, um, we'll be waxed and vaxxed. So, um, I'm going to get my booster soon. So we're going to get, we're going to get it together guys. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to take this time and thank you guys all for an amazing 2021. Um, it means the world to me that you guys, um, put on my, my, my crazy show um and listen to it on your your commutes to work or your time spending it cleaning the house or whatever you're doing as you listen um it really does mean the world to me and I appreciate every single one of you guys in every single state and every single country um so thank you again from the bottom of my heart um it really does it means the absolute world to me so thank you again and um, I have a lot of amazing plans um, lined up. I have a lot of ideas uh, to take this show to the next level. So, um, yeah, thank you for going on this journey with me because, you know, we're only going to get better and better as we go along. So thank you again. Um, but, yeah, that's it, guys. Um, before I introduce Cole, I just wanted to do that. Um, again, I will give you guys an update soon on what's going on with us um, in the next episode or so. Um, just bear with me because like literally breathing hurts. Okay. So, um, that's it for that. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, Cole from the host and founder of the Chilonoi podcast, um, is going to join us and we're going to talk lots and lots of weed and sex. It'll be fun. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. And we are back, everyone. You guys, I have my guest on the show now. I'm really excited. Um, I met Cole a long time ago, in a sense, but like I started following his page and his and listening to his podcast. And then I was also on a recent episode of his podcast. So I thought now we flip the switch and now he's going to be on my podcast. So this is Cole from the Chilinoy podcast. Say hi, Cole. Hey, Kimbo. How's it going? Hey, um, first things first, guys, um, you know, I was really excited because this guy here, you know, he's all about cannabis and, and he, he essentially basically like puts everybody on to all the news of what's going on in cannabis. Like literally, if I want to know what's happening with like cannabis and, and more just in Illinois, but he does it with like pretty much all over um, the nation in a sense and all America, but specifically you're called the Chilinois podcast. So it's mostly pertaining to Chilinois. So Cole, what made you like start the podcast? I always like to like start with like your like beginning story. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for those compliments. That means a lot that you look to me for that information. Uh, you know, I try to share what I find interesting and uh, it makes me happy to hear that other people find it interesting as well. So oh, yeah. Um, your question though, how did I start the podcast? Uh, or what was it? Why did I start it? <laughs> Are you... Bye, guys. We're always we're high, so you know, just you know, tolerate us yeah. in that sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like cold, probably like real high boots right now. Um, no, um, I was asking you, like, what was your inspiration to start it? You know, what made you get into podcasting yeah. in general? 
Well, um, that's a good question. And I, what's crazy is I felt like I had an answer for you, but (laughs) I I don't know that I do have a clear one. Like it's just, I try to actually explain this to people, you know, when they consider whether or not they want to start a podcast or a media project, like I just felt like people weren't talking about the things that I was interested in. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to talk about the things that I'm interested in. And so um, I always explain it this way because it really was this simple. I just bought a microphone. Um, I don't actually, I don't even think I bought a microphone when I first started. I think I did them off of my phone. Really? Um, Yeah. And then, because if you go back, the the quality is just horrible. (laughs) Uh-huh, um, right. <laughs> but then <laughs> I ended up buying a mic and, you know, uh, just plugged it into the computer and uploaded the sound clips. And, and that's that's how I started. But why I started, like I said, is just um, just because I felt like people weren't talking about some of the things that that uh, I wanted to hear talked about, you know, or hear discussed. That was a weird and what answer, better way? <laughs> and what better way to write to create your own platform so you can do that, right? We're in an age now where literally, you know, content creators can, you know, create our own sort of, you know, we're, we're not, we're done waiting for other people, right? We're going to fucking do it ourselves, which I, I appreciate and I love, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you watch things on TV or, or whatever media and the fact that podcasting specifically, you can just like, in a lot of instances for free just start and start pushing your media over the airwaves like it used to be that like if you wanted to push something over the airwaves well you need to build a fucking tower you know and literally you know what i mean uh yeah with the radio uh go through the people to like you know like the you call it the gatekeepers to like yeah the fcc yeah (laughs) right right you know um well how long how long is the show how long is show on my podcast now how long that's another Another good question. I think we started around the time that Illinois legalized the uh, sale, uh, you know, sale of cannabis to adults. Um, so that was so rec- when when you start when uh, when we went when Illinois went adult use. Yeah, so like around um, 2019 or so, I think. Yeah, I believe that the, our date when we opened up um, recreational sales was was January 2020, right? Am I am I, am I familiar with that? Like, or am I yes. right? 20, yeah, January 2020, because right. it was the beginning of the end of the pandemic, basically. Because I, because when I started working in the dispensary, it was around that time. So that's why I was like, okay, because that's basically what kind of like got me into cannabis was us going, um, not go, not into cannabis, but like got me into working um, sure. in, the, in the field was, you know, um, when we went recreational adult use. Um, so cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah. Do you like my new setup, Cole? Like last time we, you know, I had a little like, uh, if you guys, when I get my visuals together, which I'm going to guys, I promise you. Okay. Um, there's just, a, there's only one me of me and there's a lot of things that I want to do. So, um, but no, I changed my background guys. So if you guys see the visuals, you know, um, what do you think Cole? I know last time you didn't see that. I love it, Kimbo. <laughs> and I got to ask you, are we on a video podcast? Can people see me? We are hands right now. Okay, cool. Yes. Check it out. We got the chill yes. in my shirt on. But I, I, love... I was hoping you would wear your shirt too. I was like hoping. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bet. I put it on right before we got on here. I was not wearing yes. it beforehand. That's how much of <laughs> a little. Me too. I was like, I got new, mer- my, my new merch shop is open. So I got like new merch in. So I'm like, okay, let me wear my hoodie. And yeah. my Kimboology light on, you know, so. Um, no, yeah, but guys, I love it. Want... It is so Thanks. cool. Thanks, it is guys. so cool. Thank you, Cole. I appreciate it. I, I literally like, 
you know, me and you, we're just, we're just kind of, you know, going as we go. So I like little things here and there change as we progress and it is a new year. So happy new year, Cole, 2022. Are you excited about the new year? Are you just kind of like, ah, another year of this crazy bullshit? Uh, I suppose so. I've, I don't know. I got really high the other day and I was like, <laughs> why do we even do years? You know, like, wow, why bro, you got real deep there. You yeah. got real deep. Why do we do? Because like, because I don't know, you remember like growing up, you'd like turn, you'd turn 13 and you'd be a teenager. I'm just throwing a random age out <laughs> and you're a teenager. And then some adult asks you like, oh, do you, you feel different today? Do you feel like a teenager? And you're like, I, I don't really feel that different. Different. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't want to say that I don't care, but, uh, I, I guess I'm looking forward to 2022. Um, yeah, uh, I don't He's know. like, I, sure, why not 2022? I mean, we're still in a Panderosa. Yeah. Uh, um, Armarion or Amarikan or whatever you guys want to call that new variant is still out here ruining lives. Hey, Omarion, who I didn't even know, <laughs> I, I don't, I couldn't name a song that they wrote, but they came out pretty clearly either today or the other day and said they are not a COVID virus, uh, variant. Yeah, Omarion literally went on his, um, he literally went on his like Instagram, I believe, and did like a press release, which yeah. I was like, he should, because it's like everyone's talking about him and making fun of him. So I'm like, this is an opportunity for like, duh like content and shit i told yeah. i'm like he should make some merch up i was like because this shit is hilarious like i sure <laughs> i put that shit on my instagram too because it's hilarious but like it's just funny because it's like i don't know i mean i feel like what like we take a step forward right and then we like take several steps back a little bit because you know for a while we were doing okay the cases weren't like extreme and then you know everyone was getting the vaccine and everything like that and then all of a sudden we're hitting into, you know, everyone got together for, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And so now everybody, all the variants are up and popping. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. Cole, what's your sign again? God. <laughs> are you like my, uh, are you asking like in a, what is it? Astrology. Yes, astrology. Do you know, yeah, when's okay. your birthday? When's your birthday? Um, I'm not, I, I do not want to answer that question just really? because I don't want to narrow it down for people. I don't know what my sign is though. Maybe that says something about me, right? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, some people aren't in, aren't into it at all. Like some people are just like, that's I don't it. care. No, yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not into it. I'm also not like against it. I think it's just like funny. Like there's this meme where it's like, uh, it's like this person crashing a car and they're like, OMG, I'm going to, I'm just clumsy because i'm an asparagus and it's like not even saying asparagus a real one. <laughs> yeah but i, mean, I just listen, think I, I people friends, use their uh signs as yes. um like reasons for the way they are all the time i just think that's funny <laughs> well you know and then, you know i respect your answer because honestly like not everybody's into it and not everybody feels that way in the sense of like their signs kind of relating to like i like to do i, I just like to know because i like to I like to break people down in that sense and like kind of understand more about their personality. And sometimes yeah. me knowing their birthday or their sign helps that, but it's okay. It's no big deal. Yeah, I apologize. Um, it's just don't be it's cool. It's cool. Listen, <laughs> you guys, me and Cole is cool as fuck. You know what I'm saying? He's also like, I'm I'm also just happy he's on the show because he's also seems like a private dude. So like last I was gonna time, say you're you're the only oh sorry, I cut you off. Go on, go no, continue, please. I've only, you know, people have reached out to me for interviews and I've only accepted two and it's oh, yours. Shit. And then, um, I wanted to give a shout out to this person. Um, it's a blog called Mex in the city. It's a blog geared towards women who are cannabis consumers in Chicago. I don't know why oh. they asked me to come on the show. Oh, um, that's the one you were telling me about. Wasn't it Cole last time? It was like a, it's like oh. a, it's like a BIPOC, uh, like a mm -hmm. black indigenous 
person of color podcast, right? And they were asking you. No, to this on. is this is actually a blog. Uh, oh. This is a blog. Somebody asked me about. They want to do like a, a text interview, so it'll be like over the phone like this. But yeah, the point is, I do not. Uh, I don't like being on the other side of the interview. I like interviewing. Um, so, but I I like you and I like your show, and so I, I felt comfortable to come on and. I even prepped some notes that I think you're going to find very interesting. <gasps> okay, um, let's get let's get into that because I do want you to. Because the thing is, guys, Cole is a wealth of knowledge, and he has so much to share. Like he has so much to like teach us. So I'm excited to learn more. Because the thing is, like, it's just if you if you live in Illinois, if you live in, or if you're even familiar, I know we have listeners like out of state and out of the country, but like you know, it's a mess, kind of a little shit show right now with cannabis in Illinois. So I wanted to bring some, I wanted to also just educate more people about cannabis because I do have mm-hmm. listeners that really aren't like huge enthusiasts like us. So, um, so yeah, let's dive into that. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. Um, I did want, so what I wanted to, I wanted to take, have your take on social equity and kind of educate, you know, um, my audience a little bit more about it. Um, like, what is social equity to you? And then, like, how do you feel Illinois is doing when it comes to social equity? Or maybe, in, maybe as a whole, as a, as a state or in the, in the nation, like the United States, like, how do you feel? Like, are, is it working? Like, what? Well, um, I want to just start with your question, like, what is social equity? Yes. And then maybe we can talk about, is it working? Um, you ask, what is social equity to me? And I don't know that, like being the color that I am, like I can give, give an answer, but like so what he's I a white guy. So let's just put it out there. Cole's white. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> but yeah. he's, he's cool as fuck. So <laughs> he's an ally. I, tr- I try. Um, <laughs> the, the, from what I understand, like the idea of social equity to be is like to give people that have been historically impacted by the war on drugs uh, in the context of cannabis, social equity. Um, the, it's to give people that have been historically um, impacted at like a larger rate by the war on drugs than those that maybe hadn't. In other words, more often than not, we see, um, you know, crimes for simple possession of cannabis and other substances more uh, focused on and, and, more prominent in communities uh, containing more minorities or BIPOC, you know, um, I, sorry, I just, with social equity, it's like, it's like these two ideas. So like you want to give them a shot at the industry, right? Give them a shot to, it's almost like to right the wrongs of what has happened. But I think the other side of social equity is to stop all of that from happening Ah, and I think, it's like a double-edged sword a little bit. It is. And what's crazy is that that second side, the part of stopping it from happening, mm-hmm. that's not, that's the dull edge of the sword. Everybody's really focused on giving, you know, social equity in the form of licenses, which I'm all for. But, you know, somebody had asked me recently, like, what is social equity and um, how can we right the wrongs of the war on drugs. And my answer was, well, let's stop any policies that replicate the war on drugs. And to give you just a a prime example of a policy that continues in Illinois and in states across the nation that have quote unquote legalized cannabis is the fact that um, you can still get charged for possessing cannabis if you exceed your possession limit 
or right. in Illinois, a special case, if you're in your car, if you don't have it in the appropriate container, which right. is just crazy. <laughs> um, so, so what is social equity? Like I said, it's like the idea I feel is to right the wrongs of history, just to put it in a bottle. Now, is it working, right? Is it working in Illinois? I, if I can give an answer, since you asked me, my answer is no, it's not working. Because again, um, prosecution for simple possession of cannabis continues. You can still get charged for just simply using cannabis in a place that you arguably maybe shouldn't. Like I think in smoking sections where you can smoke cigarettes, you should be able to smoke cannabis. And a lot of states have made it that way. It seems logical. Right. But in Illinois, you're kind of forced to hide. Uh, and there's, there's very little, you know, there's yeah. very little consumption lounges. So it's like, you can get it, but you need to go right home and you need to hide and you need to be ashamed of yourself. Like right. that's kind of what it sounds like. Right. And, and by the way, it's legal, but it's not that legal. You can't have too much. Right. Oh, that that's too it's much. So regulated. Right. So is social, is it working? No, because of these, these arrests that continue. It's like, is, I always ask, is cannabis legal? If, if, you can't consume it in places like you can consume other drugs, uh, like in America. Right. Um, it is it legal if you're arrested for simply possessing a certain amount of it? Cause that just doesn't happen with like beer, for example, like I could go to oh. the liquor store right on the corner right now yeah, and nothing is stopping me from saying, Hey fellows, load this all up, load everything right. in the store. Nothing's stopping me except for the funds in my bank account, which exactly. would stop me. Cause I'm not, I don't make any money. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, so really quick though, to, to get to the heart of your question, which is again, what I think everybody's focused on is social equity working with regard to like giving people that haven't had a chance in the space. Like, are we giving people a chance? I don't think so because there's only been 60 licenses issued. Oh, okay. sorry, 40, 40 licenses issued. Uh, and that's for craft cultivation. So by all intents and purposes, those craft cultivators right now could put seeds in the ground. Now, the thing is, a lot of them don't have facilities and they're, they're starting to build out facilities. I just had one on my podcast, Helios Labs, which uh -huh, I think they said, yeah, yeah they, th they, I think they said that they'll be in production by sometime next year. Now that doesn't mean that Products They'll are going to be on the shelf, yeah, but they're right, going to exactly. be starting to cultivate cannabis, maybe doing uh, genetic hunts. I don't know exactly what, what, what exactly they mean by they'll be in production, but that's the idea. Okay. So 40 licenses have been issued for craft cultivation. Um, Can you explain to the audience, like the difference, like in a, like craft, like some people don't, probably don't really understand what craft cultivation is, as opposed to like these yeah. huge companies like your big corporate names, like people that are familiar with. So like, can you break that down a little bit? Well, the idea is that it would be like, you know, okay. So first of all, you can go and get just like a domestic beer at a, at, a, at the liquor ah. store at the corner, right? You can get a yes. Miller light and that's all over America. It's nothing really to speak of. So I may have just offended some people. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking around. <laughs> the I try alcohol to be drinkers are offended. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, the idea of craft beer is that you know the person who's brewing it. You can maybe even go to the brewery. You have samples. You can see the process. 
it's like kind of it's got this like small feel it's not corporate that's the idea in my opinion now what's the legal distinction the legal distinction is that there are currently i think 20 or roughly 21 cultivators that have been licensed in the state of illinois and are selling product to this day these are mostly referred to as the msos they're not all msos but multi-state <laughs> operators right yes thank you okay. for for saying that um, again, I didn't not, know for a long time what it was. So that's why I had a break. I was like, what is a MSO lot of people mean? don't a lot of people yeah. don't actually they're, they'll be like, Oh, I hate the MSOs. I hate the MSOs. And I'll be like, what are the MSOs? And they'll be like, they're, they're the companies that are operating right now. No, MSOs are multi-state operators and not right. all the people that are licensed in the state of Illinois are multi-state operators. Um, multi-state operators, by the way, it's not a bad thing. The people, the people that, um, Helios Labs. They said their goal is to be a multi-state operator. And why wouldn't it be? You want to be you want to have your business yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. So, Look at cookies. Look at cookies. It's like fucking everywhere now, right? Like as opposed yeah. to how it started. So so but the difference, the legal difference, just to kind of back to your question of, of the craft cultivators and the current cultivators is really it's just a legal distinction. It's how much flour you can grow. So craft cultivators when they get their license, they can have 4,000 square feet of flowering canopy space. Now, that sounds like a lot, and admittedly it is. I could not manage that many plants. I, I just couldn't. I grow my own, but I couldn't. I don't think I could do 4,000 square feet of plants by myself. Oh, that's work. That's work. That's, that is work. <laughs> but when you compare that to 200,000 square feet, which is mm. what all of the companies that are currently licensed, like I said, roughly 21 of them, that includes Cresco, Revolution, Verano, New Era. I'm just going to name a few names just in Green case. Green Thumb people. Industries. Green Thumb Industries. Um, Columbia drawing, Care. Columbia Care. New Era is actually one operator that, that, according to what they say and everything, I don't, I, it's hard to prove these things. Sometimes people set up LLCs other, in other places, but what they say is that they are the only licensed operator that is family owned and, and not a multi state operator. Okay. So just a fun fact. Uh, is, isn't Bedford Grow as well? Maybe I think it's so. It's I know it's woman owned. I know like Bedford Grow Grow is a woman owned cannabis company here in. Yeah, I'm not sure them? actually. Okay. I don't know much about them. I know that okay. they apparently produce good product, but I, I don't know much about them. Okay. Cool. cool, cool. Um, but anyways, you know, you you compare four thousand square feet to two hundred thousand square feet, and then you realize that it's not even a competition. Now again, though, we go back to what I was saying with craft beer smaller scale you get to know them you get to come you get to see the process maybe that's okay um, but they are limited to they can increase the canopy space to up to fifteen thousand square feet but the bottom line is that still pales in comparison to two hundred thousand square feet so the question becomes were these social equity licenses even meant to compete ah right it, and yeah like they, so this is another thing that for just for Illinoisans, I don't mean to nerd out too much, but these new craft cultivators will only be able to sell from what we can tell and what we've read and understand. They can only sell their price or product as adult use cannabis. And so they that can't means be medical. That, correct. That's correct. trash. Yeah. That's and so, you've, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> so um, the, and that begs the question again, were they meant to be able to compete, you know, and I'm not saying that medical should be a uh, part of the conversation of competition. I think that's very antithetical to the idea of medicine to an extent, 
it's antithetical to the idea of medicine. It shouldn't be like trying to sell you products. It should mm-hmm. be giving you what you need, right? So I, I feel like I got lost here, but the difference between craft cannabis, the legal difference between craft cannabis and the current operators is the space. It is who they can sell to. They're going to be adult use cannabis. They are the first adult use Okay, hold on. I need to back up. I about said they're the first adult use cannabis license holders, but they're not. The the current 21 operators technically are, but they are the Mm. first group of people that have been Mm -hmm. issued an adult, you know, just an adult use license in cannabis uh, in Illinois. So I didn't know that they had to be adult use. I didn't know they were not allowed to like be medical either. Now, the reason now, guys, because I'm I'm a medical patient. Cole, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, cause we're, we're both, we both grow, we're both cultivators ourselves. Cause we both do our, we both grow weed at our, um, at our own homes and we're allowed to, as medical patients, you can grow up to five plants legally. Um, now the reason why we're just like, Oh my God, it's not medical. Like that sucks is because medical patients and adult use, um, customers, they have, they have different tiers, they have different products and they also have different, um, taxes. So if you are an adult use consumer, you pay a shit ton more taxes than a medical um, consumer does, wouldn't you say, Cole? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, 30%, potentially 30% tax compared to 1%, which Literally. is the medical tax rate. <laughs> Literally, which is completely like ridiculous. If you buy weed in Illinois, guys, if you come to Illinois, you come to America, whatever you're coming from, um, we are recreational adult use. So that means you can come here and just have an ID or a passport and purchase weed legally. Now, the whole thing that Cole's saying about it's still restricted, right? Like there's all these laws with like the containers and like how much you can buy, like adult use. There's a limit on how much you can buy when you go to the dispensaries and as a, um, as a consumer. Um, so legally it's a, it's a daily limit. So essentially you can just wait till the next day and buy more weed. Um, but it's 250 milligrams. Uh, that's for your edibles. I believe it's 500 milligrams for like concentrates, which is like your vapes and your, um, and your dabs and all that stuff. And then flour, it's a, if you're in state, it's 30 it's 30 grams. And then it's um, uh, 15 grams if you're out of state. So you can only buy 15 grams of, right? 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 15. Um, so that's, and then the thing is it's a legal, it's a daily limit. So, you know, if you wait to the next day, you can still, and the thing is like, they don't really have, right Cole? Like there's not really any sort of like measure, like. Oh, medical no. patients, we have a allotment that we're getting, we're, we get, we're given, meaning like we have a cap on how much we can, we can bu- purchase yeah. with the medical um, prices and the taxes or whatever. Um, but adult use, they don't have a sort of cap on like, so for, for example, you can go to one dispensary, purchase your daily limit, and then you can go to the next one down the street and purchase your daily limit. You could just keep doing that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could go if, if they really wanted to and uh, I've heard of people doing it. They can just go back to the same dispensary. That's what they call looping. Um, it's actually, so yeah, you say per, uh, per day, but really the way the law reads, it's just per purchase. So, I mean, even true because you know what, when I used to work in the dispensary, we caught a few people trying to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it's, it's all, it's in the system. It's not like it doesn't, you know, cap you or whatever at that time, but it's like with biotech, that's the system they used to, um, one of the systems they use to uh, purchase um, cannabis here in Illinois, um, they can see. However, if you, however, though, 
I have seen it where we scam their ID and then it, it did tell us like, hey, this person actually was already here or purchased oh, already. Cool. It's the same person. So yeah. I have seen that. However, there's ways to get around that. There are really yeah. ways. To, honestly, like, you know, we always, in, in the sense in the dispensary, we always tell people like, just go outside. Do you have a friend with you? Do you have someone in the car? Have mm-hmm. them come in and purchase. Right. You know, so it's not really that strict, but uh, medical is, you know, in a sense, because we're not allowed to buy more than our allotment. Now, yeah. everyone's allotment can change, right, Cole? Like some people mm-hmm. can get more on their you just have to like contact your doctor and then you have to um, tell them the reasonings why you want your allotment raised. Um, and then once they, you know, they approve it or whatever, you can get your, you know, allotment raised. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, okay. Well, in that sense, um, you know, I'm really bummed too, because it seems like Cole, that Illinois or whatever they're doing, they're just trying to do so much to keep the process dragging out wouldn't you say like I mean the thing is like we you know I've been seeing I've been paying attention to the news in that sense and like I've been hearing the news about craft growing like or the licenses being you know lottery or whatever lottery licenses being um issued for quite for a year or two now and, and then it's still like I, we still to this day have not seen any craft growers or any craft cultivators you know that are ready to that are ready for purchase we haven't seen it Right. Um, yeah, like I say, we got those forty that have their licenses in hand, but then the the dispensaries, the dispensary licensing is is held up. None of those licenses have been issued. Um, it sounds like the next round of craft cultivation licenses are going to be held up as well. Those are sixty licenses. Um, what? Sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> I, I didn't really really have a question that time. I think it was just like one of those like. Well, oh, it's what, a like bummer. The, You're saying it's a yeah, bummer. Yeah, well, because so you know it takes is, forever. Though, it does. It does. And I think this is hopefully people learn their lesson from this. Uh the the fact is, like, there's not much we could have done. Let me back up here. So the way that Illinois legalized cannabis was via the state legislature versus the way that Colorado, California, Oregon. I think, um, Google it folks. I always tell people, Google what I say. Don't take me for granted. You know, earlier you said I'm like this source of information and all that shit. I just, again, I just smoke weed and I find things interesting and I say it in the mic. I really folks Google everything I say. (laughs) He's like, listen guys, Um, I don't got no license. I don't got no, I'm I'm not not, a doctor of weed. So I don't, (laughs) I, you know, I'm not, these are opinions guys. These are us talking. Yeah. And to quote Forrest Gump, just to loosely, actually, no, I might, use his quote exactly i am not a smart man um (laughs) um, but but the uh um the thing is about legalizing it via the state legislature is that lobbyists are involved versus Uh the uh, voter initiative which i'm not saying that their systems are perfect either uh but you know when you talk about why is it so hard to get a license and why are all these things held up well look at the rest of Illinois politics and how it works and, and just politics in general, it's not just Illinois. Um, but, but because this is part of a political process versus just licensing, um, you know, like if you want, I I don't know all the rules, but I know that I know enough people that have started a bar and they've gotten a liquor license and it's not a hard thing to do. Right. It should be like that with cannabis. 
and we've got the government way too involved. Like the government's role should only be regulating the safety. They should be just making sure that tests happen, that it's third-party tests. They should not be in the business of like choosing who gets the licenses. Yeah. And that's, that is precisely what's, ha- what's happening uh, right now. And I'm just realizing I'm kind of loosely quoting an article that I want to tell people um, the headline on here in a second. Um, I'll have to pull it up. But the idea is that, yeah, they should just be um, regulating the safety of the product. They right. should, because here's the thing, and I've got the quote up right now. Um, the way they have it, you know, I'm talking about it being, since it was passed via the state legislature, they had to lobby, right? What that shows is that getting and maintaining a license is a separate skill from just running a cannabis business. These people have a lot of money to throw at politics, Mm. to send people to lobby for what they want. And they've, they've figured out that that's the most important part of the equation. Like I don't got to be good at weed. I just got to be good at getting the licenses and making sure that other people don't so that I can make all the money legally and they're still illegal. Right. And so it's all business, it's all business guys. It's all business. So once they've, once they've obtained their licenses, I'm quoting this article, I'll say the headline in a second so that people can read. Once they've obtained their licenses, they have difficulty delivering high quality products to consumers at a reasonable price. The most successful multi-state operators cannot survive on $20 eighths and $150 ounces. That's the current like Colorado retail pricing for high-grade ah. cannabis. So if you plug those numbers, $150 ounces, $20 eighths into any multi-state operators, 10K annual report, I have no idea what that is, by the way. <laughs> Their burning rate, apparently, it, like they're going to lose money. They, right, they just simply right. can't they can't make money with cannabis at that price. And so my, my thing is again, that the government's role should just be to regulate the safety of cannabis products and let everyone compete for the consumer's business. Um, if the best product is coming from a section of the local vegetable growers farm, and I can pick it up at the farmer's market with some peaches, strawberries, jam, bread, and lettuce, that sounds like a win to me. Fixing the market so the MSOs have a chance to succeed is absurd. And just lastly, if the MSOs can't compete with a farmer with a couple of acres and a strong back, let them die. Yeah. So the the headline, if if people want to read it just really quick, limiting marijuana licenses benefits only multi-state operators. That's by MJ Biz Daily. Oh, MJ Biz Daily. Love them. Love them. Um, send me the link and then I'll put it in the show notes. That way people, if they're interested, they can definitely check yeah, that out. Yeah, we'll do. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I like that. I really, Cole, I'm like so thankful that you're breaking all this down um, for me and the audience. Because the thing is about when it comes to, like, if you guys are nerds, when it comes to like learning about like cultivation and like what are the rules and all that stuff, all that sticky stuff when it comes to cannabis. Um, I love that he's breaking it down for you guys. Because the thing is like, it could be very confusing. You know what I mean? Even for me, like keeping up with the, diff- with the licenses and things like that. That's why I go to, to Cole and Illinois podcast, because he literally will break everything down and he'll put, put that in the show. So he'll have guests on that can break things down and explain it, you know, basically um, because they're the ones that are like, you know, developing it or whatever. And the thing is, I love what you said about the whole like lobby, like the, the, the rules, right? Like where these weird fucking rules come from that you can't like one of the weird rules that 
that is huge here in Illinois is that you're not allowed to bring um, pro- uh, packaging or for to return to the dispensary. Like for example, say you get a you buy a vape pen, you try to hit it, it's broken, it doesn't work, the, the light doesn't come on, whatever. You are literally not allowed to bring that item back to the dispensary. I mean, literally, like the state will like if if that keeps happening to that dispensary, the state can shut them down. And so I know that because I, I used to work at the dispensary where I had to like say, hey, guys, put that away. Oh, my God. And it's such this like, like, oh, my God, don't do that. Like, it's like you're in trouble. Like, I've had people that just come in like, oh, yeah, you know, my vape pen doesn't work. Like, they pull up their vape, you know, it doesn't work. And they show it to me, right? Because you would think that's the normal thing to do when you're returning an item, right? Right. Um, literally, I have to say, no, oh, my God, stop. Put that in your pocket. Don't show the camera because... There's this weird law with that, you know? And then not only that, Cole, I saw that you posted on your um, page recently, which, you know, sustainability is huge for me. I'm all about, I'm a big hippie. I want to save the planet. The, the rates of packaging and waste and like that, that we're producing on a, on a like fucking daily level, it's, it's literally like suffocating when I think about it. It's, I'm, I feel very suffocated when I, when I see, like, like Cole posted this photo of somebody's like collection of all their empty packaging, all their empty eighths, basically all the containers from buying a bunch of, um, you know, literally, cause you buy an eighth, right? And there's like three nugs pretty much in there. And then that package is done. So what the fuck do you do with all these empty packages, right? So the fact that you're not allowed to bring it back to the dispensary keeps us from being able to recycle it. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. I would love a program where I could like maybe oh god it'd be so dope if the craft growers and the craft cultivators can allow like a product or like a allow an um like a allow it you know whatever basically they can just like come you can bring your old container yeah. back fill that up maybe or return it and maybe get a discount maybe if you return twenty pa- empty containers you get like five dollars off something. Like something to like encourage, like, you know, recycling or reusing. Yeah, I and- mean, in Colorado, they do that. I, I Do I, they? Oh, yeah. I've gone to Colorado multiple times and like they'll either have a bin up front that everybody throws their containers in or they give you an incentive for bringing back your old jar. Like, hey, 10 bucks are off your order if you just let us reuse your jar. So amazing, Cole. But that's, like- that's a big, the big difference between their market and ours is that just in that specific instance, the the recycling thing. Yeah. Fucking right. awesome. But the big difference why we can't do, um, you know, bring your jar back, fill it back up is because we don't have that deli style of, uh, Oh, cannabis, right. But, I mean yeah. the deli style, meaning like, I mean, you can go to Michigan, right. Or go to Colorado or California and they will physically have the, like the flower, the weed yeah. in front of you. They will weigh it. There's like, you know, you can smell it. You can feel it. You can touch it or whatever, or not yeah. even maybe, maybe not with COVID. They're not like encouraging touching, <laughs> but you can smell it. You can look at it. And here in Illinois, if you purchase weed, I mean, there's a handful of uh, cultivators that their containers are literally blacked out. Like meaning you can't eat, there's not even a window. So right. you can't even see the fucking flower you're buying, which I think is ludicrous that we have that we have. And I don't know. I don't understand how that still is a thing. Right. Cole, like, me and you grow weed, right? We grow weed at home. Like, how amazing is it, like, that we can smell, we can touch, we can feel our weed, right? People yeah. that, you know, they can't do that if you're just buying weed at the store. Yeah, that's just, I think it's truly, they want it to be a retail-like experience where you just get a, I mean, all these companies come from CPG, consumer packaged goods. Uh, I mean, you look at, like, who Cresco hires and who, I just, let's just use mm. them as a name. 
Uh, they're all from Miller Lite, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, yeah. you name it, you know, CPG, right? And so they want you, they want the dispensary to be like the gas station where you go and you have a select few products that you just grab and go get out, you know? And uh, just a little background uh, on like why maybe we aren't deli style. I attended like some conferences pre pre legalization, uh, pre adult use legalization, and and some of the operators were present. And um, you know, I, it wasn't actually specifically any operators in this state, but there was an operator from another state that talked about why pre packaged is the way to go business wise. Really? I and would love to listen to that seminar. Just a, yeah, just a long, long short of it is that there's a lot of liability with deli style. Um, you know, when a, a dispensary buys a whole pound in a bag, um, by the time they weigh it out, it's not actually a pound because some mm. of it's gone airborne. Some of it's been dropped. Mm. I, I went to a dispensary the other day. Here's a joke. Uh, I don't think the bud tender found this funny. I was trying to be funny though. Um, <laughs> Did you get punched went, in the face, Cole? <laughs> that no, <laughs> I'll hear. I'll just tell the story. So uh, I, will, I was getting my order in a deli-style dispensary, and um, not in Illinois. And um, <laughs> the person dropped a jar full of weed, like oh, over shit. an ounce of weed. Yeah, and it broke on the ground. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. And you could tell. And his manager was like giving him a hard time about it. And so I was just trying to break the tension. And I was like, I I asked the question to the manager to, to, to take the heat off of the bud tender. Yeah. I was like, so this is how you guys make your pre-rolls, right? Cause the guy started sweeping it up off the floor, Ah. but the bud tender took it personally. And he was like, no. And I was like, Oh shit. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I I was just trying to make you laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd probably be a little upset too. Cause your his boss, like I said, was just giving him a hard time. And I think yeah. maybe he took my comment the wrong way. I was trying he to was take in trouble, bro. Of he was like, don't be making fun of me right now. I'm in deep shit right now. When I broke this jar. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So biggest thing is liability. They don't okay. look, they want to make as much money as they can. Absolutely. We know, right. We just said it guys earlier. This is a business. It's very much a business, right? And like me working in the industry now, you know, I don't work in a dispensary anymore, but I basically, I'm, I, um, I'm a, like a, I, I handle a company in like, in a regional sense. So I handle all of Illinois, but I do trainings. I have to go to dispensaries and do trainings for their, um, to teach the product, to product knowledge, basically. Um, and to increase sales, you know, the whole thing. And so me going to all these different dispensaries, you know, and I'm seeing, you know, I have the hands-on experience, right, with the consumer and more with the butt tenders, right? Um, and there, that you know, it, it sucks because it's like I have such a sore spot in that sense because I can see in, like, literally all these butt tenders got, will be reaching out to me, like, save me, save me. Like, literally, like, be like, hey, are you hiring? Oh, my God, hey, hey, hey. Like, that's literally, I get that, Cole, like, almost every dispensary I go to, you know? And it's really sad. It really saddens me because I know that the, the environment that they're pushing, right, in the dispensaries right now, in general, are, is very much business, right? Make as much revenue as you can, get the people in and out as quickly as you can. I mean, literally, like, they time the customer from the, the moment they walk in the door to the moment they leave. And nowadays they're really encouraging pre-orders, right? So a lot of people now, a lot of companies now are encouraging 
Um, meaning like basically you have to have your order pre-ordered already via your phone or your computer, and then you just go pick it up. So like the thing about that is that like what, like we're losing that whole, you know, like that, that whole, like that touch of like, Hey, let's talk. Let's like, what are you looking for? Mind you, like when it comes to medical patients still, um, that's still something that they're like, that's fine. You know, absolutely. If the medical patient wants to come in and just order there, that, that should be, that's never an issue um, in that sense, um, because that's a rule. They can't do that. Um, but when it comes to the adult use recreational purchases, oh yeah, they're like, get people in the fuck out as fast as possible. So I feel like, you know, like you said, very retail, you know what I mean? I mean, basically when you're standing there as a butt tender, you're basically all your job is like just to just take the back, take the order that was pre-filled in the vault back there, put it in front of you, read it off to the customer. Don't let them touch it now. I mean, they can touch it as long as you're touching the, the jar, which is another weird rule. Did yeah. you know that, Cole? That yeah. weird rule? Yeah. Your partner, I think, is, used to work at a dispensary. So, so, you, so you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like you have to in, order to, in order for the customer to touch the jar, you have to touch it too, which is so weird, right? Um, and then from there, they can just like some of, sometimes you can see the butt, sometimes you can't, right? Because, you know, the window is not always there. And then put it in the bag, ring them up, and then they get out of there, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it- I feel like it's lost that, that person to person like you know touch oh yeah that's gone they don't want it um and you're right they just want it to be retail and a lot of people take it personally and i i mean i like it's interesting like i would too you know um because that's what some people want in a bud tender or wellness advisor you know they want that one-on-one time that consultation time Um, but you know, the company just doesn't, the companies don't see value in that. And, you know, like you say, you put it perfectly. It is just retail, just turn around, you know, I point at what I want. You turn around, you hand it to me. I give, or I hand you the cash, you hand it to me. That's what they want. Now, here's the thing though. It's actually a touch bit worse than retail. And I know that's like some people that work in retail right now are like, uh, how could it get worse than retail? But, <laughs> right, right, but right. Hear me out here. Uh, if you get fired from Best Buy, you can say, all right, fuck this Best Buy. I'm going to another Best Buy. Right. You cannot do that with right. as a dispensary worker. The way that the licensing, that's another thing. The way that the licensing works for employees, like you get tied down to one location and that actually, in my opinion, can expose people to like a blacklisting effect if they do uh, leave a dispensary for whatever reason. Um, you know, they got to wait until they get licensed to go to a new one. And it's just, somebody used the example of, uh, getting a license to cut hair. You know, you could go, you could work at Supercuts, you could work at Walmart, you could start up your own hair salon. Right. I, that should be, it should be that way with cannabis workers. And it's Mm -hmm. sad that it's not. It's really sad. Oh my God. I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because I know personally, exactly what you're talking about because so basically what he's saying guys if you're a butt tender you have to be a licensed agent you have to actually be registered with the state and there's a process you have to get fingerprinted you have to um you have an extensive background check on you everything which ironically right most people that have been doing legacy weed selling street weed right been in the industry have experience with this plant have fucking felonies or have some have things on their on their record because of weed so it's like isn't it ironic that like literally because you already have experience in the industry from selling weed because you guys it wasn't legal before 
I mean, in a sense, right? Like it became recreational. And that's what they're saying. They're like, you don't have, you don't have experience in our industry. And in fact, we've got record of you trying to fuck with us before we were established. And that basis, you can't come in. Right. So you, so you can't, so you can't fucking work in the industry that you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so backwards. You know what I mean? So I've noticed that, right. It's just something that you're like, Oh fuck, you know? Cause I mean, like I've, I've talked to people. They were like, yeah, I know. I've been fucking, I've been fucking selling weed for years. Like, but I can't work at a goddamn dispensary because guess what? I have a fucking record. I have a felony. I have, you know, the, like, um, yeah. it's on my record. And then they use that against them, which is so fucked right now. And then, so when you go to the process, cause I used to work for one cultivator, uh, an MSO and I work for a different one. So I actually had to get, um, uh, I had a, you know, you have to also submit your your agent card like you can't like take that with you it has to be sent back to the state and then you have to go through the process again and he's completely right Cole's right it only limits you so you're only allowed to work for you know one cultivator one one you know under your license badging so um it does so it does hinder you a little bit and I know that too because basically like back when I was working for the first cultivator at the dispensary I tried working as like a brand ambassador or like at least something else like on the side and like another and like it held me back it held yeah. me back. So it's unfortunate. It really is. Um, but with that being said, Cole, I did want to ask you this because I'm just very curious because I know you're, you're all immersed in this and you grow your own weed and everything. So like, what is your goal with weed? Like, do you want to possibly own your own dispensary one day or a cultivation center? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I just don't think I don't want to try to profit off of cannabis because I don't think it's not that I don't think people should be able to profit off of cannabis, cannabis, but you know, people always people. So that article I referenced earlier, and I talk about this subject all the time, like Illinois limited license market and other license market versus like an open market approach. And everybody, the only complaint I ever hear, it's like in unison, it, and it's been mentioned in coverage and the media. Like this is, this is the line that people say against me when I vouch, vouch for an open market. They say, well, the market will just crash. The weed's going to get way too cheap. People ain't going to be able to keep their doors open. And I feel like you knew what you, you know what you're getting into. First of all, I think there's always going to be a market for premium cannabis, like just like yeah. there is for, for premium liquor. You know, yeah, you can go and buy a cheap bottle of Jack Daniels or you can get whatever is better than that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but the point is, I know that there's whiskey and stuff that's sold for top dollar. And I don't think, I think there's a place for that in cannabis too. But at the end of the day, it is produce in my opinion. And I think that you should be able to just sell it at a farmer's market. I mean, it's produce. So um, should it, should you be able to profit off of it? I, I don't, I think you should be able to like, right. You should be able to sell it. This is exactly what I'm saying. Open market, but should we limit it so that it's like only certain people can do it and some can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, if you want to make money off of cannabis, that's what you have to do. That's why these people are doing what they're doing. You have to mm-hmm. make sure that other people can't compete with you so that you get all the money. Okay. So that, back to your question. I feel like I couldn't do it because I feel like it's a matter of time before we win this battle, what I'm talking about. Like Mm -hmm. there will be a day, I hope, where getting a cannabis business is just as it's as easy as if you want to start a family farm or whatever. Like this is Illinois. This is supposed to be a state about, you know, 
agriculture. The whole south, the southern part of the state is just cornfields and fucking beans and stuff. Like, let's go, let's do the agriculture. So, and it should it should be that way. Uh, but back to your question, I don't really have any aspirations to actually sell uh, or you know grow cannabis or be involved in that industry. And in fact, I, I very much enjoy being ancillary kind of outside, you know, outside looking in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that uh, any of my goals include getting into the cannabis industry in, in that direct sense. You Got know? you. Got you. You're more of the like journalism in a sense t- t- side to it, right? Getting all the information and get, yeah, I suppose there. I suppose so. There's just no money, and it, it, you can't make a living as a, uh, I'm sorry, as a bud tender or as a grower. Like maybe wrong, if you're the, maybe, <laughs> like, you're wrong, the yeah, maybe if you're the head grower, maybe you make a little bit more change. But I still have not heard of like growers be like oh i'm a grower you know i've got so much money because i grow for crescent like no i they're pretty much on par with like the rest of the employees that yeah so it's almost like if you want to make that kind of money you gotta run the company and you gotta be fucking cold-blooded to do it right and i'm just not interested that's just not who i am i'm not a business person i just like talking about things um i'm very like i shy away from competition i always just a small intimate story for you. You know, you say right. I'm, I'm private or whatever. And I, I agree. I try not to share a lot about, uh, about my life. I try to just share about things that I think is interesting, but just mm-hmm. to, to kind of give you a hint at like how anti-competition I am. It's not, I'm anti-competition, but let me just say the story. I'm just rambling. <laughs> when I was young, my grandma and my mom took me to an Easter egg hunt. And I was like getting the eggs, getting the eggs. I had to have been like, three, four or five years old, because when I think of the memory, when I'm looking at people, I'm looking at their knees. So I'm like that short, you know, running around with my little basket, I'm getting my eggs. And it comes down to the end, you know, there's not a lot of eggs left. And they're like, Oh, there's only one, you know, all the parents start firing people up like, Oh, there's only one egg. And it's the golden <laughs> egg. You know? And I'm like, shit, shit, I gotta get the, where's the golden egg? Where's the golden egg? I see it. And I start running to it. I'm running, I'm running. And I, out of my peripheral, I see this little girl running and we both grab it at the same time. And my hands on the egg and her hands on the egg. And I'm, I'm looking at her in the eyes and she's looking at me in the eyes. I, here's the thing. I'm just looking at her like this, like, like you're going to let me have the egg, but she's looking at me like this, like, I'm going to take that fucking egg, you know? And, and I was just like, you can have it. <laughs> I right. don't like, I don't like that. I, I'm, you don't have a competition. You're not really, yeah. I'm so bad about it that like when people ask me like, do you want to play like a uh, Scrabble or like, so, like I, no. Really? <laughs> no. I'll watch, oh my God. but you I don't want to. You guys have no idea how bad I want to know his sign right now. Cause I'm like trying to like figure this out. I'm like, damn, what is he, what is this? I'll you tell know? you off air if you're, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, like I curious. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Cause I'm just like curious. Cause you know, and, and that, which makes me, and you know, Cole, cause you are such, right guys. Like, so Cole's out here, you know, he's, he's a white man in Illinois and, you know, and it's like in a sense of like in this industry, he also stays so like, like neutral in a sense of like giving information and also seeing what's, what's, what's right and wrong. Right. Cause at the end of the day, it's wrong that cannabis was used this to, um, to subjugate and fucking also keep black and brown people down and putting, put them in the, in, you know, in the, in the, 
um, in the system, in the prison system. And, you know, it's been systematically created that way, right? Nixon was so against the, the war on drugs, like that motherfucker like hated drugs, created such this, he created the, um, I believe it's the Substance Act, right? Or the Substance, I don't know Controlled the exact. Substances Act, CSA, Thank you. yeah. See, that's why I have Cole on the show, guys, because, you know, he's the one that's going to, like, tell you guys the technical terms. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, literally, like, that happened. And then, like, boom, you know, this whole, all right, you know, the, like, literally, if you know, the thing is, like, and I, the thing is, like, growing up, right? And I, I and so I've recently started to get into shrooms, too, guys, like uh, psilocybin, right? Which also I'm, like, super excited because I'm learning, like, I was watching Decorate. I'm, like, a nerd about it now. But, like, that's also just growing from the ground, right? Yeah. Growing up as a kid, because of all the propaganda and the, you know, that you you hear, right? Dare, right? Dare that we were taught as kids, you know? Um, I thought we didn't, mushrooms, I thought all drugs were man-made or had to be like- Yeah, like a know, guy cook. in a fucking lab. He's yeah. like mixing shit up. Yeah, yeah, you know, like fucking Breaking Bad, how they're cooking up exactly. shit, you know? I thought yeah. weed was that. And when I found out that I could just grow that shit in my greenhouse outside and like do nothing, very little intervention. Yeah, exactly. Now that's the thing I wanted to say that I'm glad you brought up that point because I've been working on getting like people that disagree with me on my podcast, like people that oppose cannabis legalization, oppose the decriminalization of drugs. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to talk to people you disagree with. Um, That's where you learn, right? Exactly. Um, So one of the things they say, and they use that line against cannabis people who are activists, I guess, for cannabis, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you think it just because it just grows out of the ground that it's okay? Well, I got news for you, buddy. Opium grows out of the ground. It's like, okay, but we're talking about with minimal intervention, right? So right. cannabis grows out of the ground. Right. Right. Yes, we have to. You don't have to, but you could get really methodical about your nutrients and stuff, or you could just put it out in your backyard and let the rain grow it. Now, Literally. as far as like harvesting goes, yes, human intervention is needed. Curing and drying is a very important process that if you fuck up, frankly, your weed's going to suck. The, you know, but the thing is what I'm talking about, very minimal intervention. And from what I understand about uh, psilocybin or mushrooms, it's the same thing. You know, you, you cultivate it, um, you pull it off. And I think it's actually even simpler with mushrooms. You just dry it. You just dehydrate them and you're ready to have a good time. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I love that. You know, and this really? is a great, this is a great, um, uh, segue. Cause I wanted to ask you because oh, me and you are both, well, sorry, do you have a question? I was just going to say, you know, you reminded me earlier, you were like, Oh, was this that show you tried to reach out to? And I was like, what are you even talking about? Like yeah, I didn't I couldn't remember. Do you remember? I do. Did they get upset at you or something like that? Or no, am I like... No, no, I thought it was important because you just brought up the fact that I'm white again. (laughs) And uh, I thought it was important to like talk about that. Not any any more than this. I just want to like quickly say this. It's interesting. One of the experiences, and it it could be anecdotal because it's one experience, but this is what you're referencing. I reached out to somebody. I don't even know their name anymore. Um, but I thought that they'd be a good group of folks to bring on to the podcast. And I think mm. it was like, and like they responded to me, this is what the, the response was. Are you white? LOL. And I just said, yeah. So like, when are you, you know, when would you like to come on the show? Blah, blah, blah. And they just didn't respond to me. And they just said, LOL. And then just didn't respond to me. And I was yeah. like, I, I don't know. I just thought about like, but here's the thing. I have to give 
people room. I've talked to a lot of folks about that encounter and they said that, you know, look, Cole, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's very possible that, um, you know, they've not had, they've definitely not had the same lived experience as you. Right. So, um, yeah, it was just a weird, uh, like social interaction to happen, Mm -hmm. but in like after reflecting on it and you're even one of the people that I talked to about it. Uh, I've like forgiven them. I don't take it the wrong way. Um, but it was a tough thing to deal with when I first started. Like it was weird that like my, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think about it. Um, so it was weird for it to be brought up. Um, you know, and like go on. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's all I had to say about it. I just wanted okay. to bring it up because, because you brought it up earlier and I was like, what? No. I, and I, you see, if, and you see how I remember that. Cause like, yeah. you know, like, and so, and I want to, you know, let's elaborate on that too, guys. Cause it's like, you know, I personally, in a sense, he told me the story, right. And it made me sad because it's like, how the fuck is people are, are we going to grow? Are we going to, you know, you know, elevate ourselves of evolution, right. So to speak, you know, I personally am, I'm a woman where I'm, I'm of two races, right. My mom's Thai Asian and my dad's black. Right. So I'm here because you know, other races are getting to know each other, having sex, making babies, you know, like, like, that's the thing, like, you know, we're about evolution when it's about moving on. And I refuse to sit there and I'm not that woman to be like, oh, white people are bad. No, I'm like, racist asshole, white people are bad. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Racist motherfuckers are absolutely. But the thing is, cool. I know you're not one. I know you're not one. So I'm like, of course, I would have nothing but open arms to you. And plus, you're here. And the thing is, like, you have to understand too. It's like, there's places that I'm not allowed to be in. There's spaces that I can't even be I can't even be I'm not like that's why I loved um did you ever watch Borat the second one the one that yeah. did you oh absolutely dude I mean like when he went to uh because you know thing of the guy's Borat the second one the um the newest one that came out um he like literally gave you behind the scenes footage of where like the Trump valley Trump rallies were and like the race like racist QAnon people and what they thought and it's like it was such an eye-opening experience because I'm not allowed in any space like that. Like, the thing is, like, if I go into a room, white people are not going to fucking talk about that shit around me. Why the fuck would they? You know what I mean? So that's where you come in, right? You're an ally to us. You care. You're, you're about right and wrong. And you know racism is wrong, right? You know, you know, like, it's just, it's just one of those things, right? So you're going to be in the room. They're going to talk their shit. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, right. why, why are you, like, what the fuck is your problem? You know what I mean? So that's why it's so important for for us to have this open dialogue. And it makes me sad that that, because the thing is like, you wanted to talk, you wanted to talk to those women, right? Like, I'm assuming they're black women. That's what was weird about it is that like, it would be different if like, maybe they were like talking to me and then they figured out I was white. And then they were like, "Ah, I don't know if I feel comfortable, but like, it felt especially weird that like I reached out yeah to them and they were yeah. like that was like their first question and they probably like looked at my account and figured yeah. out that I was and look it's whatever at this point like I say I give them the benefit of the doubt because like you say there are disgustingly just horrible racist people I've uh coming from southern Illinois I've heard it bounded Bro. about in the bar like it's casual yeah like it's casual 
Somebody, you want me to tell you a story? Just, yes, it's disgusting. give us give us stories, Cole. It's this disgusting. is stuff that we won't hear ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't get into stuff like this all the time. So, um, you know, I was sitting in a bar. It was the holiday season, I think a few years ago. And I was back in an area that I knew a lot of people from and kind of grew up around. And I was at the bar and one of my buddies was in town. It was really cool because he was one of my childhood friends. And earlier that year, his actually it was a few years before that his grandfather had passed and then his grandmother moved out of the house that they lived in and this new family moved in. And I actually, at the, when I, when they moved in, I had was working in the area and would drive by and sometimes I'd see their kids out, you know, standing for school or whatever, never even noticed anything. And this person came up to my friend and said, Hey, did you see what family moved into your grandfather? grandpa's house and he was like no what and he said he like he lowered his voice just a little bit but like because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he knew like he knew what he was saying was right wrong. and he was like a bunch of uh-huh. moved in. Uh-huh. and he said he said your grandfather would be rolling over in his grave and my friend was just like he's like you he's like do you even know <laughs> like who like and it but it was such a dis- like i had to get up and go get air Cause yeah. I was like, I just, like I said, I just drove by and I was like, Oh, look, it, uh, a new family moved into my buddy's grandparents. Oh, look, they got kids. You know, that's cool. Aww. I didn't even notice the color of their skin. Like hey, you just driving by, but to some people that's really fucking important. And, and he felt the need to go out of his way to make that disgusting comment. And it was just like, yeah, that, uh, that, that was a reminder. It was like, wow that shit's still around, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, well, I, I love that you shared that too, Cole. And I, you showed your level of disgust from it because that's something that like, I, and I love that for you, you're just like, it's just a fan. Like you're not seeing all that, you know, as a, as a person of color myself, I do notice, like, that's something that we do notice like, or we'll, we'll address or be like, Oh, that person's white. But this is the world yeah. I live in. You know, I'm a black woman yeah, yeah. here in America. You know what I'm saying? So but for you, I love that you're just like, it's a family. Like, whatever. I don't get, who gives a, like, it's a new family. Yay, whatever. And like the whole race. I, yeah, I would just drive it. by at like 65 yeah. miles an hour. It's not like I ever like slowed down. Like, who's in that house? What, right, what color skin are right. they? You know, like that, what just, it's just a more people, you know? Yeah. Good for and them. for that person, saw that, you know, the racist person that you're referring to and had to go out of their way to go to the other person that the house that they, you know, that they used to live in or their family used to live in and say something like had to, yeah, it had to address it, had to speak it and say, did you see? Because right. the thing is like racism, right? Racist people, they also don't want to be alone in their racism. They want to bring other people into the racism. Right. And that's why Absolutely. when fucking Trump was brought into the, you know, to the, you know, whatever, I, don't, I hate him. So I, that motherfucker, whatever, the thing is, he allowed those people to come out of the come come out of hiding and be more vocal about their racism, and to say it out loud and be proud of their racism. Oh yeah, fuck those, you know, fuck those, you know, whatever they want to say, you know. And it's like, you know, I hate that. That's because I feel like America took a huge step back when he was brought into office because now those people are out. But but you know what? You know, also glass. You know, I'm always like trying to think of the other side of things. Maybe. It was a great way to expose, right? Those people. Because the thing is they were they were in hiding. 
Like we don't really hear, cause that's the thing. People of color, like we don't, you know, when it comes, when we're around racist people, like we kind of like, we're like, oh, we, we can send something, but they will never say it to our face in a sense. Maybe they'll do it to their friends and family, but not to us. You look like you're going to say something, Quill. What's, what's going on? Well, I was just, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I am kind of, I was just thinking through what you're saying and I, uh-huh. you're putting it into perfect words. Like I, uh, yeah, it, it's just weird because it's not like those people, I mean, you wouldn't assume that they just automatically became racist four years ago, right? So it, it like, that. what I'm saying is that was there and he spoke yeah. to something that they felt and it's disgusting. And, um, you know, like the Charlotte, the, what happened in Charlottesville, good people on both sides and all of that. Um, yeah, I can tell you that I'm definitely not, uh, a fan of Trump for many reasons, including um, his appointment of Jeff Sessions when he first started, which was like a really scary thing for cannabis that unfor- that fortunately didn't end up having an impact on the industry. Um, but what was, it gonna, biggest, what was that? What was he that? he. I mean, he appointed Jeff Sessions, who said, uh, "quote Only bad people's or something like no good people smoke marijuana, or only bad oh. people smoke marijuana." And then he repealed the Cole memo. Hey, uh, he repealed the Cole memo, which I think What's was that? written. It, it, it's actually what is currently allowing businesses to operate. Uh, it's what allows legal cannabis businesses to operate. So in the Obama administration, um, and a term of somebody with the last name Cole, it's not me. Hey, um, <laughs> It's not me, although I like to make that joke all the time. I thought it um, was. I was like, you have your own like memo, Cole? Yeah, it's my memorandum. No, uh, <laughs> um, they basically said that if you follow this list of rules, you can, Colorado, California, you know, all the states, you can do legal cannabis. Um, and if you go outside of those boundaries, that's the point in which the DEA oh. or we will come in. And so one of the things is like uh, making sure that cannabis is not sold to minors. Um, okay. One of them is uh, interstate traffic. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you, it can only, that's why it can only remain in the state. That's why you can't fly from a legal state to a legal state is the coal memo. Um, ah, okay. All right. So because, because those are kind of the confines in which the federal government is allowing this whole experiment to, to go on. It's the coal memo, which was rescinded. And then I think like it's like honored in spirit at this point. Uh, it was officially rescinded though when Jeff Sessions took office, and when he said, oh. you know, he said only bad people smoke marijuana. I was like, well, fuck, he's about to crack down on the on the cannabis industry. Right. So, but it didn't end up happening. Well, that, thank God that's for a, that. Thank yeah. God, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, last comment on Trump. Fuck him. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> the January 6th thing is, is the scariest thing I've seen in my lifetime. And it's not over by the way. Um, and I knew that when it happened, like the day ended and it's like, it's not over. And like, even when Biden took presidency, like, do you think all those people were like, Oh, shucks, we couldn't make it work. No, they're going to try it again next January 6th. I don't know. I think this country, I honestly think this is, that was the end of the country on January 6th. Because what's going to happen is, and I never get political, uh, so we don't have to do this 
you know, if, if you don't want to or whatever. And I also oh, have topics it. on sex work, by the way, I will really want to talk about it. I took notes. I know you probably, sex work? That. that's probably well, out of left field for you, but no, 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 we can, we can talk about that and meditate, masturbate, medicate. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, I just, I'm scared for the next January 6th, which is in about two years because Trump will not concede. Um, the, the Democrats aren't going to concede because hopefully they'll win. Right. And I say hopefully because it's not that I pledge allegiance to the democratic party, but I do not vote for Trump. I am a never Trumper. And I don't, I don't, I don't. So, so you're saying he's, saying he's definitely running again. Is that what you're saying? And you're- oh, absolutely. I have no question about it. Oh no God. question. He's already doing it right now. He's been doing rallies. He's been holding rallies. He's, he is. I'm moving. Fuck this. Like what? Oh my so God. So hear me out though. And I just, we'll, we'll end it at this. Cause this is all, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I think January 6th rolls around and nobody concedes. There's two, uh, separate, um, ceremonies in which the president takes office and half the country thinks Trump's the actual president while half the country thinks whoever the other candidate is, is the other president. And I don't know what happens then. So it's yeah. scary. And I don't know if Very I don't scary. want to talk about it anymore. Cause this is, the, these yeah. are the things, this is literally the thing that keeps me up at night. Like oh, I Lord. am scared for where this country is headed. Oh, Cole. I like, I've, you know, obviously ignorant enough because I don't, you know, I, you know, politics and stuff, I'm, I can only take to a, you know, I don't like, I'm not a huge diving into all that in that sense because it is so, which I should, I know I should with education, like knowledge is power guys, we should be educated in this. So I'm happy that you're kind of bringing this up too, because that's something Mental we need to pay attention to. Too, though. Mental yeah. health is important too. And I do, yeah. I actually have to stop reading the news every once in a while because it does not have a great impact on my mental health. True true it's depressing so, out here in the i respect y'all. i respect your choice to kind of unplug you know it's like well it, it's like balance right because it's like if you if you completely unplug then you're kind of, kind of oblivious to everything that's going on and then you have motherfuckers like him will sneak their ass back into the fucking office you know what i'm saying so guys yeah. we need to pay attention to this shit because if, yeah, if we it, need to keep that nigga out of the out of the office we need to pay attention because he's trying. Cole's saying it right now. He's out here rallying. He's out here trying to get, uh, what do you call it? Donation, whatever the fuck he's trying to do. He's yeah. trying again, guys. And the, um, and the only mistake he made last time was making that everybody wasn't loyal. Oh, if they would have been loyal, the, the plan is clear. There's, there's a PowerPoint produced. You can look it up online if folks really want to oh, see God. it. They had a six-point plan to steal the election, and it included storming the Capitol and getting Mike Pence out of there so that it wouldn't happen. Now, by God's grace, and I'm not a man that believes in God, uh, but by God's grace, they did get him safely out of there, and he apparently said, we're going back and we're getting this done tonight. He did it, and that is why there was a peaceful transition of power. I. And you say peaceful, uh, maybe right, it wasn't right. so peaceful, but there was right. a transition of power. I don't know. I'm speaking way out of my league, but I'm scared. <laughs> and, uh, no, but you know I, what? Like I said, Cole, I hope I'm wrong. you're putting that on our radar for us to pay attention to this shit. Cause I, you guys, we can't have that happen again. We literally can't. So let's just, let's just make sure we're doing our part 
and, you know, voting right in our local elections or voting in the, cause it, it does make a difference, right? We, if your community or if you're having like mayors in your own town or um, even just like, you know, like this, like uh, cabinet office, cabinet people and shit like that, pay attention to that shit. Cause it, it directly affects you, you know? And um, that's something that we do as a collective, I think need to work on better with like, absolutely, it, it, you know, Absolutely. This next election that nobody, like you just said, nobody really pays attention to the midterms. That's super important because a lot of the, a lot of the reason that we've seen inaction on a lot of things is because Congress, like not all the votes are there. Right. And that's why, well, that's why those elections that don't feel important are important because those are the people like the president this is a democracy. The president can't just unilaterally make laws. He yeah. has to work with Congress, he or she. Hopefully it's a she one of these days or they, whatever. Ooh, right? You know? Yes, they. Um, Come on, they for president. Yes. Yeah. They <laughs> I love it. should work with, just to be gender neutral, they have to work with, in a democracy, Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why those elections are important. And people Hopefully we don't overlook it, but it's been overlooked a lot uh, of times and that's hope. why we are in the place we are. But yeah, let's hope Cole. All right. We totally went on a political um, tangent guys. So you're welcome. I know that's probably like super interesting to you guys. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, it is. It is. It's, it's really good. And like, I'm, a, I ha- I'm happy to like on this platform, we'll talk a little bit about that. Cause like you said, we were like, okay, yeah, Biden's president. Okay, cool. We can relax. Nah, not really. You know, so we're, you know, you're, you literally said to yourself, he's rallying and some of that. So we do need to pay attention to that. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, but we will take a quick break. And when we come back, Cole will be doing Meditate, Masturate, Medicate, which I'm super excited about because he seems like he has some fun notes for us. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, smoke a little weed, take a little piss break, and we'll be back. And we, and we will be right back after, after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimbleology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. And we are back from our break, everyone. Uh, okay, guys, you know what time it is. It's time for meditate, masturbate, and or medicate. All right, Cole, which one do you pick? Last time you chose masturbate, which... Actually, guys, did you ever did you get feedback from from when you did masturbate on your show? I don't uh, I don't read feedback anymore because uh, ha, ha, people ha, ha, are ha, mean ha. on the internet. Hi, Cole. Well, I, my feedback was people really enjoyed that you were so open, and they loved your transparency about like sharing like when it came to um like like masturbating when you're high. Oh, and then also sex too, you know, when you're on, yeah. when you're, you know, high. So what do you choose though? I'm, I'm kind of like jumping the gun a little bit. <laughs> do I have to choose one? No, <laughs> I mean, no, if you want to do a little like mixed bag, that's cool too. Cool. Well, okay. Meditation. Um, I kind of forgot like how this works. Do, do I like pick it and then like say what I do related to that or like. You can like any, literally like anything that relates in that topic. Like if you want to tell Perfect. us your practices of meditation or what you've 
you know, were interested in, or you had questions from, it could be anything. In that sense. Yeah. So meditation, super simple breathing. Uh, yes. Like is super, it's been life-changing. I haven't done it in a long time. It's not that I haven't been breathing. I am here breathing. <laughs> but, uh, you um, mean I've breath not, work guys. You mean breath work basically, right? Like, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and actually like, I don't mean to like do product placement or anything, but like the Apple watch has a little breathing exercise yes. on it. And like, it really is nice. Like I you do um, it. You do yeah, when you I've, get those notifications. Uh, no, I don't. I did. I got tired of it telling me when to breathe and when to stand up. Like you don't tell me what to do. Right, you, you right, know? right. You're my watch. You tell me the time. That's it. <laughs> um, but uh, I will choose to breathe. I'll open the app and, like I said, I've not done it in a while. Um, you know, it used to be sometimes if Justine and I were having a, a rough night, we might be laying in bed like, hey, you want to breathe before we go to bed? And yeah. I just kind of wrap her up and we'd both watch my watch because you can see the screen and it also vibrates. So you don't have to watch the screen, but I find that I start by watching the screen. And then like once I figure out the pattern and then I can breathe, uh, breathe with with it or whatever. But it's it's crazy. It like can really it changes your consciousness in my opinion like and that makes sense because all consciousness it like you're all we are like our brain is just a concoction of drug reactions like conscious that's what consciousness is and that's why when you take some of these molecules you can affect your constant consciousness so psilocybin cannabis coffee um so yeah breathing is super good and uh i like to do it i'm not i'm not huge in a meditation i see the value in it and i and i do value it i just don't pra- i don't meditate often i should i should i should do it more oh often. you know you know that you're actually meditating though when you're breathing that is literally a form of meditation like that oh. that practice that you and you and your partner are doing like you saying setting some time aside like hey do you want to breathe for a little bit that is literally it that's med- that could huh. be your form of meditation because the thing is like there's not like a rule book on like. I always like, think oh. of of meditating like you cross your legs. You're like hum, <laughs> <laughs> which can be too, right? That is a form of meditation. But honestly, sure. a lot there's all different types of it, and what you're that's doing is one. Yeah, and that's I think it's so awesome. Breathwork is, you guys, literally like one of the most untapped I think re- like sources of power. I feel like as human beings that we have is our breath, like breath work oxygen to our brain you're completely right and then you said you feel more expansive you feel more like inquisitive maybe from like getting all that knowledge from like oxygen helps your brain fucking function you know so yeah. like that helps with that so um so yeah you're actually meditating shout out to you cole you even know it look at you look at you oh <laughs> yeah and then so for medication this is going to be probably one out of left field but uh because this it might seem antithetical to the to the topic medication but tolerance breaks are good with cannabis now if you can't do a tolerance break that's fine you don't need to but if you feel value in a tolerance break um or if you find value in a tolerance break which i happen to then good for you i think uh you know one of the things we always talked about when we first started the podcast was responsible use of cannabis and one of the topics we've discussed on the show is cannabis use disorder and what that is. And I can't tell, I can't tell you it from an informed perspective. This is my opportunity to plug that episode. So 
I can't remember what episode it is, but if you scroll through our timeline, there's a few episodes on cannabis use disorder that we did. Um, so check that out, folks, if you're interested. But yeah, tolerance breaks, I think, are good. Uh, the reason I like to do them is because uh, I'm going to loosely quote two comedians, only because the first comedian I'm going to quote is a little bit controversial. Um, Louis C.K. Um, and George Carlin, who's a lot, a lot less controversial. They've both done a a version of a joke, which is that I like how Louis said it better. So I'm going to say it kind of like he did. He said, I don't do drugs. I don't ever do drugs. So that when I do drugs, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> right? So it's the idea that, uh, you know, too much of anything can be a bad thing. I want to be clear though. If you need, if you need cannabis as medication or whatever medication you, you need, then you need it. But if, if you're able to take a tolerance break, I encourage you to try it out. And I do think that you would find value um, in just taking a break every once in a while. Like when you return to it, I'm telling you folks, like, it's so weird. Like my, my mom laughs at me because she, she has never, oh, here we go. Getting a person personal again. Um, uh -huh. She's never agreed with cannabis or my use of cannabis. Now she just kind of doesn't give me a hard time. Um, but she would always just be like mind boggled when I tell, she'd be like, you know, you haven't smelled like weed lately. Do you, wow. do you not smoke anymore? And I, and I'd be like, no, I'm not smoking. I'm not smoking right now. And she's like, oh, why not? And I'm like, I'll be like, well, I plan to smoke on the 15th and I'm not smoking right now. Cause I want to get super fucking high on the 15th. So it's like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> her, it's like mind bending. Cause she like views it from this perspective where like, if you use a drug, it's just a slippery slope and you're smoking every day and blah, blah, blah. But like, I truly try to practice responsible use uh, as much as I can. And, and part of that, part of that, I don't even think this is responsible use. This is just like I say, it's, it's interesting. I'm like investing in a kick-ass high. I'm like, I'm going to stop for a little bit so that when I do it again. Right. It's, it's going to feel amazing. It's going to be it's gonna awesome. Be, yeah. Cause if you do it a lot, like you just, you do develop a tolerance and uh, it can, yeah it can become, it's not that you don't get high. It's just that you get used to what being high feels like. And so it right. almost doesn't feel like you're high right. in some cases. Right. So right. anyways, your body gets used to it. Yeah. So like for me in a sense, like too, like, it's nice. Cause it's like, I can, you know, if I, if I feel that happening, like I can switch it up a little bit, maybe I'll do an edible or I'll do like, maybe I'll like, you know, um, have a different strain of weed or like, you know, Absolutely. your body, like, like anything, like if your body gets used to like, a shampoo you use or like you know like it just doesn't the effects aren't the same you know so that's really good advice because I, mean, yeah. I mean some people like that again i'm talking about a person i'm a person that yes uses it for medicinal purposes but i don't need it 24 7 for what i treat it for uh, right some people though do and that's a i'm glad you brought that up because if people that do consume cannabis feel like their tolerance has gotten too high changing up your method of ingestion can yeah. I mean, fuck, it can, it can be like, holy shit, I'm getting high again because I'm smoking yeah. out of a bong instead of a joint. And it can be something as simple as that, just yeah. literally switching the apparatus that you're smoking out of, just the amount of smoke you're getting delivered. Um, yeah, I, changing up your method of ingestion is super important. I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, for sure. Because the thing is, like, I used to be really, really bad at, like, smoking with bongs just because I'm, like, still, like, I have, like, baby lungs. So... <laughs> Um, but then, cause I would just smoke in a chit, like a one hitter or whatever. 
And then like, I bought this beautiful bong, um, which is uh, the brand is uh, My Bud Vase. Um, it's like so pretty. It's like this, like it literally is like where the whole premise of this vase is that when you're not smoking it, you can just literally put flowers in it and use it as like a flower vase because it's so beautiful. So yeah. I bought that and I've been loving that. So like when, but then when I do smoke out of my bong, I'm like soups high, like I get real <laughs> high. So Cute, yeah. cute, cute. Um, you had some sex work um information for us. Can you share? Is that part of your masturbation? Uh, yeah, Thank I think I'll blend it in there because I don't know that I have anything new to share. I'm sorry for the folks that found the last one riveting. I mean, <laughs> one thing I feel like I, the one thing I feel like I should clear up about the last one because, um, just want to make sure it's clear. I'll I'll retell the story. There was one time when I was younger that I found out that like masturbating while high is super, super awesome. And um, like, I had never thought to combine the two. Like I was just high and then I got horny and then I was like, this is fucking awesome. So it ended up, you know, it happened and, and it was awesome. Uh, but when I was done and I came back to earth um, by that, I mean, after I had, you know, orgasmed and whatever details, um, <laughs> your refractory I, period where you're just like you know because men have a refractory period where you guys are like take a time and just like chill out and like you know like you know how like you I, yeah. yeah yeah sometimes i feel chill a lot of the times i just feel <laughs> this is a joke i feel disgusted with myself oh my <laughs> god like, oh man <laughs> i'm what, a dirty I, person yeah like, jesus Christ, you like look at what you were just watching. You're like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? You come to, you're like, oh my god, oh what the fuck? <laughs> this was sexy only 30 seconds ago, but now it's just like, Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, it's <laughs> oh, funny. So, I one of the things I wanted to clear up is that I said I ended up figuring out after I came to and everything that my dad was home. I want to be very clear that like I was in a shut room, <laughs> like he he did not hear me. He had no concept. I hope hey maybe i don't know right but, uh, it was one of those situations where i was like i was glad that i didn't like turn on the vault it was back in the day when i would live at home with my parents so i'm glad i didn't have, like have the fucking volume up going like oh oh you know making noise yeah. because yeah, yeah he would have heard he probably would have came in my fucking room but for all i know it's just something that you myself and everybody that's listened to this podcast know about so hopefully he won't learn about it. You folks don't be talking <laughs> to my dad. Um, okay. So that I, yeah, again, I don't really have much other than that um, with regard to like the masturbation, like, like my relationship with sex and, and cannabis, other than that, cannabis and sex go well together um, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. So here I, I have been wanting to reach out to you for a while because I have an idea of a project that, I'd be happy to work with you on. Ooh, I think I think, I think it would be helpful if okay. you worked with me on it because um because of the fact that you have talked to like uh you you said you who was the person you just had on that you had some issues with like weren't they a, a dancer or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she's a stripper, sex worker, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a sex worker. So so mm -hmm. um you know, I've been looking at Nevada uh and they they allow legal sex work um in in nevada Bun the and bunny ranch well there's a few brothels there's actually uh oh there's more than one i thought there was like one here's the scary thing and this is the thing i'm seeing some parallels to the illinois cannabis industry 
Um, and this is why we, you know, we have to be meticulous about this interview because as you know, sometimes it's hard to interview people in the Illinois cannabis industry. I think it's going to be equally challenging to try to get an interview in the sex industry, uh, the legal sex industry. However, so let, let me just see that, tell you the tangents I'm seeing. There are only 21 brothels in the state, licensed brothels. That's roughly equivalent to the folks that are in active operation in Illinois cannabis. Um, Nevada allows counties to choose whether or not to allow a legal brothel, which is similar. It's, it's not similar to Illinois from what I can tell. It's actually, I was trying to figure out how to open a brothel in Nevada. Um, not because I actually want to, I'm just interested in like how it's done. And I was trying to see if it's similar to Illinois and I am led to believe that it, that it may be in certain circumstances, like they make the regulations so tough, which is why there's only 21 in the state. And so the bunny ranch is owned by, or was owned by Dennis Hoff. I think he's dead now, Uh, but he owned like four. So that's four of the 21, right? Four of the 21 brothels he owns. That's like a, it might actually not be statistically significant. I don't know what four divided by 21 is. But um, it's it's a big number. I mean, if you think about out of 21, you own four of them. Like, that's a fucking good. Yeah. I mean, that's a so good chunk of change. Sex work remains illegal outside of licensed brothels, which, hey, you remember we were just talking about how right. cannabis work remains right. illegal outside of licensed situations. Um, I just see a lot of parallels to it in the sense that it seems to be tied up in politics with regard to how the licenses are issued. It's also unfair to the workers, in my opinion. Now, look, I've read, I've done a little bit of research. I think it's intriguing. Um, One of the reasons I think it's intriguing is because one of my former classmates actually ended up working at one of these brothels. And I just thought it was... really. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And um, like, it was amazing that she... I, I like... I, I've always wanted to talk to her about it because I that's I last time I talked to her was in class and then I saw that she was in legal sex work um out of a new it was on the news actually like really there were, yeah there were sex workers on the news I was like that's my classmate and holy I, like, shit yeah well you know what that happened to me because I had James LaRusso on who is Tommy Defendi that's his um that's his porn name and he's oh. like he's like a gay he was a gay porn star and he's not gay interesting yeah i had him on the show yeah i had him on the show and so the same thing happened to me too like i was like not like on the news but like like it was one of those things where like everybody's talking about like oh my god did you hear you know james is in porn and then we we looked up his name and we see it we're like whoa you know like so um but yeah that's i would love to talk to your friend i wonder if we can get her on the show because i can you well, know yeah i'll have to try to reach out to the friend the other thing i just want to get somebody from there i just think it's there's a lot of parallels and i think it would be interesting to hear but again i think it might be hard to get them to tell you exactly what they think because there's like some things that seem like they're meant to protect people but i actually think they go against like it, it just reminds me of some of the other things we pointed out with, with the way that cannabis work is right now, like the fact that you're locked into one place. So like one example, 
so workers for Dennis Hoff who ran the bunny ranch, I think the chicken ranch and other, uh, <laughs> they're a bunch the of ranches. chicken ranch. I'm yeah. Done. They called it the chicken ranch. I'm uh, fucking done. <laughs> gosh, I feel like every one of his, I don't know all the names, but I'm pretty sure all of them had like something ranch, but anyways, <laughs> um, apparently they keep half of their earnings and the house keeps the other half, but they also have to pay for rent, food and transportation and other costs associated with brothel operations. Now, this is the thing that I think is crazy. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of Illinois cannabis work. Prostitutes, well, they, this is what the, the article says. I'm sorry. I prefer to refer to them as sex workers. But uh, prostitutes must also pay for weekly STD tests and yeah. – it's, it's funny – and sexual – or sorry, sex worker registration cards, which vary in price by county. Now, here's my thing. Sure test the sex workers but why don't the johns have to be tested such a good um a good note because it's like now i will argue with you in the sense i think they might i don't here's the thing i I don't think they are because i heard that's the one perspective i could get from a sex uh, uh, through looking in interviews and everything else they were saying like look we get why we need to test ourselves although we disagree we should have to pay for it we should think the business should have to pay for it yeah. or the state since the state requires it they should right. provide the free tests why do they it's have to an pay expense. for it it's an expense write-off you're doing it for se- work yeah but then second of all they they made the point they were like look making sure that we're clean is not really our concern like we know we know exactly how to use a condom like right. we make sure not that condoms can protect you against everything but you know like here's the thing, like they are practicing safe sex as much as they can. And so it, it's a little weird that the impetus is, seems to be on them. Look, if, if there's something that changed that you're talking about, that makes me happy uh, because I no, thought that I, was messed up, you know, you know if the like, guy or the person that's paying wouldn't have to be tested. It's like, look, both parties should be tested. Right, 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 right. To make it the most safe. The thing is like, okay, because like, I'm so happy you brought this up, by the way, Cole, because the thing is like, I... You're right. I thought you'd like, like there this is, one. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm obsessed with it now. I, I want to like do more research about it because I do see the correlation of, of like the similarities with when it comes to like cannabis rules and then like also like the sex. The thing is like sex work too. Like, you know, it's still not, you know, obviously like, you know, strippers that dance and like take off their clothes, you know, at facility, they have rules too, but they're all independent contractors. So they all have to, like you said, they all have to pay for their own food, food room and board, whatever the fuck it is. Like they're all independent yep. kind of, and they have to pay to play, meaning like they have to pay for house fees. Yep. So strippers that go to, they go to work guys, but they also pay basically like if you're a, a bar, uh, a, not a bartender, um, like a, like a hairdresser or whatever, you have to pay for your chair, you have to rent your chair. If you work at some facilities, you have to kind of do, you have to do that for when you're a stripper. Now, I watched a documentary and I want to say it was the Lisa Ling. This is life documentary because I love it. Did you ever read? Did you Lisa ever like, Ling? I'm writing Lisa this Ling. You know okay. what, Cole? I'm going to get it for you and I'll send it to you too, because I want to rewatch Perfect. it. She had like, so she has a show, I believe it's on HBO. Believe. Yeah. And it's called, this is life. This is life. And then it's with, by, with Lisa Ling. And you know, if you guys don't know who Lisa Ling is, like she's a great journalist. She was on the view for a while. But she um, she goes and she she usually like all the stuff that she tackles and all the stuff that she kind of has on her show. They're like kind of like taboo or like kind of like, you know, what I mean, like a little bit like she's pushing, the you know. So that's why I think it was her show, because I watched something where they followed 
actually a few, they followed a few sex workers um, and their journeys to go work at the bunny ranch. That's why I know about the bunny ranch. Cause um, it was about that. And sure. they watched them like, so one woman literally like left her whole life. I wonder and, if one of them was my classmates. Cause that's where she I worked. Wo- <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, dude, you know, if that's her, I definitely want her on the show. Cause that'd be, she's got, she's got juice. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's got some information, <laughs> but like, um, so yeah, they followed their journey to like going to the, to going and working there, but like she like left everything like in the mid, she looked like somewhere in the Midwest, whatever. And was like, I'm going to go. And then one girl, um, was a virgin and made the decision to go and sell her virginity there. And they had like bidders and like guys was like, they were all like bidding and they were all like, there was this like huge, like, like on eBay almost, she was just bidding wow. off her virginity. Right. Cause she was like, listen. I hear that everybody's first time sucks, right? She was just like, yeah. so, and then I'm not quoting her in a sense, but she's like, so fuck that. I'm going to make some money. Like her family like needed money. And she was like, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, and like, I'm going to go ahead and um, capitalize off. What, and it's my body. I'm choosing this. So in order to do that, because like you said, not many states, if, if not, I don't know. I think Nevada is the only one. I don't even know. I have to do I more research. So, yeah. Yeah. So like Nevada's most, so the, so in order to do it legally, you have to go there. And they would try, And the thing is, like, it's not near Vegas, guys. It's no. in, like, bumblefuck in the middle of the desert. So you have to go yeah. there. And the thing is, like, he's right. Like, you have to pay for your room and board. And that was on the documentary, too, and stuff. So I'll have to find that episode and um, talk about that. Because, like, that seriously um, is super fascinating. And I love that you kind of tied it in with cannabis. Because you're right. You're right. It, it's very regulated, right? And there's all these rules to it. You do have to be licensed. You have to be like registered, almost like a like an agent card, so to speak. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, super super interesting. Cole, you got well, my brain working. I love it. Well, and hear hear me out on this. Like, it feels like the cannabis industry. And you're look, you're about to go and do some research. I can already tell. Um. When I and I'm gonna do it, do some too. I'm gonna watch this. Hell thing yeah. you send me. By the way, I sent you the link so that if okay, folks cool. want to see it, you can put it in the podcast description or whatever. But um, when I watch the videos, I've watched a few videos of when like somebody goes to a brothel and like does a tour. And it feels like the same feeling I get when I watch, uh, when I used to watch people go to dispensaries back in the day before I had access to a dispensary. Now, look, I, I don't necessarily think that if I was ever in Vegas, that I would go out of my way to go and, you know, have a sex sexual transaction or whatever. Um, so that's not what I mean by like, like, I, cause like well, back in the day when I'd watch it, I'd be like, man, this is so cool. I fucking wish I could go there. And I'm not saying that this isn't cool, but it's just like, I watch it cause I'm fascinated, but I get the same feeling. Like it's just interesting. They drive up to this location, this, this state ordained location that's got right. cameras around it and they get out of their car and they walk up to the door and this, you know, a lady walks them through the tour and it's just this, I get this weird feeling watching it in a good way. I, sometimes I feel like weird that has a negative connotation and I get this, I think fascination is the best word when I watch these and it's not like anything cool. I, I've never seen anything cool in any of the videos and by cool, I mean sexual activity. Uh, <laughs> I, it's always just talking and showing like the room and showing how the negotiation process goes and what you right. might be able to do, you know, like some people buy parties or whatever, where they party with the girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, it's fascinating to me. Um, now, not that you asked it, but I did tell Justine, I was like, look, sex, sex work should be legal. Uh, because like, here's the thing I've been sexually frustrated before and 
I don't wish that on my worst enemy. And, you know, I'm not standing up for incels, but I'm just using that group as an example. I feel bad for somebody like that, that actually like believes in the incel movement or whatever, because what has likely happened is that they've been neglected the opportunity to get intimate with somebody. What are you you referring to incels? What does that mean? uh, Involuntarily celibate. They're not a good group of people. um, Involuntarily celibate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there it's this group of people, men who are very upset. And oftentimes, like I said, I do not, agree with anything that most incels stand for i'm trying to say that the anger maybe that they have or the the craving for intimacy that they have has caused has pushed them so far that Hmm. they're like i don't even like women anymore i don't you know Uh it's like they're crazy they're fucking crazy right Uh i want to be very clear about that but what i'm saying is like people whether it's because you're ugly or maybe you don't have social skills you shouldn't be deprived of physical contact. And look, um, you could get game, as they say, get game, you know, fucking start dressing nicer, fucking learn how to flirt. Or maybe you're not, maybe you're not, I don't know, maybe you just can't do that. I think that people should be able to just be like, I need sexual release. I'm going to go down to the store and get it so that I can go and focus on other things. Yeah. Just, right? You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of those, the the anger that people mm-hmm. have, it's because they feel like, I don't know, like that, that girls don't want to have sex or that people don't want to have sex. And it's like, no, maybe you just are not the best person to hang around with. But that doesn't mean that you should be deprived of like sexual. You know what I mean? The <laughs> option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I feel like that would fix a lot of problems with a lot of, you know, the angry men. Like if they could just be like, yeah, like if if angry men could just be like, dude, just I'll pay you for a blowjob, right? I will pay you, just please, you know, and like then they could just be like, oh, I got a blowjob. Okay, now I can go fucking focus on something because I'm not going haywire in my fucking head thinking about like when will I ever be touched again, right? Huh. Interesting. Um, I love. I don't know. It's it's a weird weird angle, but. I love this because you're right in the sense of like, I agree with you because I feel like there's a community of men out there that are very angry. Yeah. Mind you, I didn't, I didn't ever, I never thought of it from your perspective as like, just because I'm a woman. So, I mean, like we just wired, we're just wired differently. Right. Sure. I can go a while without sex because it's not on my mind without, I don't, I don't have the biggest sex drive. I, I wish I did. I'm also on birth control. So that's another thing that, I do need to get off, get the fuck off of his birth control because that also hinders you and, and you know, makes your sex drive. Obviously uh, it, it helps keep you from being corny because you're not trying to get pregnant. Right. So I love that though. You're bringing this up because it's like, you're now this you're the way you're saying it's like, you know, I don't think people should be deprived of it. Mind you, that could be also construed a little differently if it sense it's like, that's why there are men out there or people out there that go and rape people, right? But I know Ugh, that's not yeah. what you're mentioning. I know that's not what yeah, you're no, referring no. to. I, I know that's not what you're referring to, but some people could probably take it that way. Like, well, that's why I'm going to go take it. No. What he's saying is that now if it was legal, because there are people out there that are escorts and sex workers, right? That are willing to give you the service that you're yeah. asking for if you pay them and you can get that. 
But what he's saying is that it's not legal. So obviously now you're like hiding around it and tiptoeing around it, right? As a sex worker. And the thing is like, we see that, right? Because social media is designed that way, you know, society in general. I mean, if you mention anything like, uh, this is something I know because I'm a pole dancer too. Um, a lot of our, like on Instagram, like a lot of the posts that we post of us dancing on the pole and, you know, stripping and all that stuff, whatever, that's all banned. That's all, you know, try, just try to post some shit like that. The, your hashtags are not there. They're, they're already been flagged. You know, they've already been taken down or you, you, maybe you get your account frozen or taken away from you, whatever have you. So sex workers don't get the respect that they, I think they deserve. That's when OnlyFans came out. It was like, it was awesome because it was a platform where you can literally go and you can pay a subscription fee and watch whatever your favorite sex worker that you follow, maybe porn stars, strippers, whatever have you, they can create their own content and they can make all the money too. Cause that's another thing that I learned from interviewing um, James LaRusso, my friend, Tommy Defendi, who was a game porn star that the companies that you're being like that you're licensed to, or you're, you're signed, you're, you know, maybe an agency, they take a lot of your money. You know yeah. what I mean? And so to this day, he told me that people can watch his videos and he doesn't make a dime. Wow. He doesn't make any money off that, which is trash, right? Because it's like out yeah. there in the world, yet he doesn't, you know, he's not, you know. So if, if it was uh, legal, legalized, so to speak, you know, really, because I'm an actor too, like they could be under an agency. And like when you're a SAG AFRA actor, you get residual checks, meaning like if you say if you were on an episode of Seinfeld years ago, you're still getting paid from that. So Jerry Seinfeld is very comfortable because he's still getting all the money from this franchise he did in the nineties. Right. Yeah. So, um, so when we say that it's like, yes, you know, cause it's like, there are P I do, I do agree with you because it's like, I feel like there's someone for everyone. I really do. Right. Just because you feel like you might be weird or you're like disformed or whatever, ugly, whatever. There's someone for everyone. However, yeah. I also do believe that you can go your life and not meet them. Or you can miss that opportunity. You know what I mean? Like you, they can come in your life and you can also miss that. I believe in that too. So the option, that's why the strip club is great. Cause right. The guys that are sexually frustrated, they want to go have a good time, go see their favorite lady, pay them. And some, some men just want to go talk. Yeah. Some it's just about conversations and it's just about company. Like you said, it's just contact. Maybe they want to hug. Maybe they want a fucking hug. Yeah, you know, they just want some contact. And I'm right. glad you like, I'm glad you kind of, clarified what I was saying because I could see how it could possibly mis be misconstrued but I really think that legalizing it and I'm going to say it about multiple things here but at le legalization of these things and bringing it like prohibition doesn't work let's put it that way prohibition doesn't work and what it often results in is unsafe conditions right. because the thing is there's a demand there is a demand I don't mean to say like I demand you give me but there is a want there's a need right and people will supply that need, right. right? You said, you said it yourself, people are willing to, no matter the way you look, like if you pay me money, I'll suck your dick, like <laughs> type of thing. Right. And it's like, it's Listen. a transaction. <laughs> it's a massage. Right. So, um, uh, what I guess I'm trying to say is I think that say, like legalize legalizing it, um, would lead to hopefully safer working conditions. Cause like working sex workers, um, you know, they could, wherever they work when it's illegal is kind of wherever the person wants them but if it's legal it 
happens at a licensed location with mm-hmm. all the toys and endless amounts of condoms and yeah. stuff, you know, showers. That's yeah. the one thing that I, in the documentary I watched, they actually make the person take a shower first. I know like, that's right. You better wash your balls. Yeah. Here's, here's a shower. <laughs> here's a fucking towel. Here's a washcloth. Here's some soap. Go wash your dirty yes. ass. And then I will do this transaction with you. Right. Oh, that's um, right. I think that like, that just bringing it above ground will make it better. Now, with that said, I wonder about the working conditions of the sex workers these days because of the tangents that I drew with Illinois cannabis. The fact that there are so few operators, there's so few locations, they are there's some weird patchwork, like how it works. I hope for the best. I am concerned a little bit, uh, but I do think that um, the end goal of legalizing it and allowing these things is safety. So yes. another topic really quick, abortion, like it, yeah, you, yes, you, you, you have, uh, like took you it out of my head. I thought yeah, about you that can't too. force that into, I'm sorry, pun. It's a bad pun, but pun intended. You can't force that into a back alley because that's where bad things happen. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you have to have a medical professional involved in a medical procedure. Right. Cannabis is another great, um, example, uh, if everything works as it should, I should right. say that um, cannabis, if you buy it, it should be regulated and safe uh, to consume. I I kind of, if you notice, I worded that meticulously. Yes. If things work the way they should, it's because yes. our friends at the Chicago Sun-Times just recently reported on cannabis that tested, uh, you know, for mold and I think yes. maybe some other things when it had apparently passed a test already. So it's like, why is this product on the shelf saying it's safe to consume when it's not? Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. that's that's because, in my opinion, things didn't work the way they should have. There should have been some sort of recall, a notice that went out to people. Those products should have been destroyed. Um, you know. But anyways, I wanted to just draw those parallels. I think that prohibition doesn't work if there's a demand there's going to be people that supply for that demand. We cannot right. regulate human behavior, but what we could try to do is help make those interactions safer. Yeah. And uh, by allowing them to legally make money and have a legal safe place to do it. And like I say, that kind of applies to the three different industries we just brought up like and i don't mean to call abortion an industry but it's the healthcare industry it's the healthcare yeah yeah abortion i agree with you on that those services should be yeah they should be allowed cannabis should be legalized sex work should be legalized and Mm -hmm. it would make in my opinion for a safer environment for the workers of those industries because frankly they're all industries they are industries, but yeah. but the government has decided that they're not legitimate industries. Right, <laughs> right. Or restri- so, restrictions or, they restrict or them, it's yeah. not like, like abortion. I'm happy you brought that up because, you know, I mean, Texas, Texas literally is regressing in a sense and they're taking away the rights. Like literally you're not, it's illegal to get an abortion after six weeks. You guys, I'm a woman. Do you guys know how periods work? especially a lot of us women that are on birth control, our periods can be very irregular. You don't fucking know sometimes. And it, it might be, and the thing is like, you won't usually know unless you're, you missed a period, unless you're late until four weeks, right? And then you have two weeks only to really, kind of, and the thing is like, our periods are just all over the place and some are inconsistent. So that right there is so dangerous. 
that they did that. You know what I mean? And absolutely. It, it's just, it's scary. It's very scary. It's very Handmaid's Tale um, vibes. So it's just like, you know, in a sense of that too, like the whole regulation of like what you should do with your own fucking body. It's like, it's my body. Why the yeah. fuck can't I do what I want with it? Right? Like, I don't Props get it. to Illinois for being uh, kind of a pioneer in, in women's health with regard to uh, our, with what we do with Planned Parenthood and, and clinics yeah. that provide those services. Um, you know, the fact that I'm pretty sure there's a fund. Uh, I, I may be wrong, but I was reading about some sort of legislation that was going to create a fund. These tax dollars would be funneled to allow people from Texas to come. We will pay really? for your travel. You come to Illinois get your health services. I don't know if it's official. Look into it. Stop. That's but amazing. Hey, that's, that's good. Right. You know, so no, it is. However, and then I know Mexico too. I heard Mexico actually started to like, um, they made something, something passed again. I don't, don't call me, but like, basically like it allows now where you're easy, it's easier for you to get an abortion in Mexico. Cause you know, Texas is right on the border of Mexico. So now people are going to, you're going to start to see yeah. an influx of people crossing the border now to get their, to get the abortion because they can't get in their own state, which is like ludicrous. Right. Um, yeah. And then also guys, I'm going to plug the, uh, so I keep referring to, to, to James LaRusso and Tommy Defendi. Um, so that episode, which is literally our most watched episode on YouTube guys, um, is that's episode 25. Um, and you can watch the visuals on YouTube if you wanted to watch, you know, if you wanted to see it, I do put pictures of James in there in his, you know, shirtless and all that. So if you want to see a hot white man, um, go for it. Um, or you can listen to the episode on my podcast, which is episode 25. So that's, that's, uh, and it's called Tommy Defendi, my journey as a gay porn star featuring James LaRusso. So I'm going to check out um, the, the, the pictures. I want to see a hot white man. <laughs> I got to talk to this Tommy Defendi dude. You know, you could just look in the miracle. I mean, come on. Oh, snap. Thank you. Hey, you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, um, I really need to talk to this, this, this guy. Maybe we can talk off air about getting connected. I'm, I'd be fascinated and, and I'd love to have him on, on the show. So, but anyways, no, no, no. And you know what, Cole, he's actually sober. And so you can actually, maybe, maybe that could be a fun episode to kind of talk about how you were looking for, um, the, the opposite, like people that don't agree sure. in that sense, he yeah. could be one of the, cause he doesn't, he doesn't um, consume anything in that sense. Like he's been sober now, I think for like six plus years. And yeah. um, you know, his story is super crazy where he, in a sense of like, he got into crystal meth and all sorts of stuff, you know? So, so yeah, that, that could be, you know, and I know he was, he was developing his own book and podcast too. Um, I don't know if he's, um, I need to, I've reached out to him in the new year. I said, happy new year to him. So I have to, I have to check in with him and see if he's already developed that. Cause I would love to plug that too. Um, I'm, I'm just probably going to just have him back on the show. Cause he's a great guy. He's a sweetheart. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Like he's a sweet guy. And then I can, again, like, you know, if he's, you know, I think he's really open with his story, thankfully, He's so giving that way. So, cause he wants, he wants, you know, he wants to, um, you know, to share in that sense and also be inspiration for others. So, um, but yeah, but shout out to you for bringing up like the sex works, you know, sex workers and, you know, the correlation of yeah, cannabis. Fascinating. See, I knew having Cole on, we would just be so enlightened and we would just, you know, um, have a different perspective and, you know, he's got so much knowledge. So I just, I just want to say, thank you, Cole. You've been amazing. You've been, um, so, like I said, all the information that you give, like the thing is Cole, like not like he's going to say it too. I'm not, he's not like a licensed, you know, not a doctor of weed or anything like that, but he does a lot of research. He does a lot of reading. He has a lot of guests on his show that give, um, firsthand experience or firsthand, you know, um, 
what's the word? Like they have their own experience, but they're also work in the industry. So they have their professional, yeah. you know, uh, opinions in that sense. But, um, but at this time, Cole, please uh, give us where we can follow you, where we can, you know, check out your podcast, um, plug whatever you want. He's wearing his awesome shirt. Oh, he was giving out like a free uh, Tommy Chong signature. Uh, uh, it was signed by Tommy Chong because he's he's yeah. been on the show several times. Tommy Chong has been on the show a few times now and he signed one of your t-shirts. So I know you were giving that away. So just a lot of fun things you can follow for him. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, Chillinoy.net is the best place to find us. Um, I'm just grabbing my power cables because I don't want my laptop to die while I'm. Oh no, I chose the best time. Sorry, Cole. <laughs> oh, it's it's all good. Uh, so, um, Chillinoy.net is the best place to find us. You can find our podcast streaming anywhere. Look uh, at Cole Spotify, over here. <laughs> SoundCloud, all of that stuff. Um, so, and with I will regard put to the- all of it in the show notes too, guys. So if you can't hear him or anything like that. Don't worry. It will be all in the show notes so you can see that. Oh, is my sound, is my sound messing up? I'm No, we're just like watching you right now travel through your house. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm yeah, going to give yeah. him a moment to like find his, because he, he said he's uh, he's going to plug his um his laptop in. No, but Cole, so guys, Cole, if you guys do go on his Instagram, um, he posts every single day, all day, every day. Um, he also has a Twitter, because uh, like, he's also posting from his Twitter too. And he just has a lot of, um, he brings people on the on his show that are all very diverse and all very, from different aspects of like cannabis in the sense of like professionals, um, lobbyists, um, or uh, journalists, journalists, um, people that like um, craft growers, people that have their own um, licenses, uh, industry workers, people that just comedians, love musicians, comedians, musicians. We think that um, cannabis goes well with, you know, music and, and such. So, um, hell fucking yeah. and hell of course, yeah. you know, can, uh, comedy, you know, right. Shit. Tommy Chong well, guys, right. Tommy Chong from, you know, Cheech and Chong has been yeah, on his so show a few times. So speaking of that, chillinoy.net slash Chong, we're going to be giving out a few shirts, uh, Hey! Of all sizes, by the way, we're not we're not discriminating on size. So. I'm here for the inclusivity. Call, see that? See that's how yeah. I so Tommy, him. Tommy was super cool. He bought multiple um, shirts. I'm plugged in now. By the way, I'm so sorry about that. My we just had been talking for a while, and my laptop almost died. I know. So, don't be uh, sorry. I know. We I've been keeping you for a while, so we are going to wrap up the show in a little bit because yeah, yeah. yeah, this is no, a this longer has been, episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed it though. I, I, I fucking did. So this has been a really fun time. Um, but yeah, uh, slash Chong is where you can go to enter completely free to enter completely free to win. Um, we're doing a lot of really cool podcasts. Again, you can find us basically anywhere. Um, you can bounce to our social media from our website. If you go to chillinoynet slash contact, if you want to come on our show, chillinoy.net slash contact is the way to do it um i don't think i have anything else to mention be sure to enter in to that giveaway um we're going to be giving we're going to raffle off and um contact winners um next month on the 16th so you have plenty of time to enter i wanted to make sure that everybody had plenty of time plenty of chance to win uh because it is such a cool thing um to have a signature from a cannabis legend uh, like Tommy Chong. And then, like I say, it's on the Chillinois shirt. So you get a little piece of, uh, you know, cannabis legalization history. You've, you've been along with the ride. So um, Chillinois.net, look up the Chillinois podcast. And uh, if you do that, thank you, first of all, for taking your time to do that. Um, 
if you do that though, leave us a review. It can be whatever, you know, positive, negative, just please leave us a review. And if you see me in public and you show me that you've reviewed the podcast, again, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, I will give you a free joint. Ooh. I'm not joking. I always carry joints. And so Cole just be having joints on deck, y'all. Look at that. So you guys can get weed from the dude if you leave a little Google. <laughs> That's a good incentive. Um, yeah, all I'm you got to do, well, huh? just show me the review. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we'll make sure to do that. And again, guys, I will put all of this in the show notes so you guys can have access to um to cole and his show and all amazing things he's doing at chillinoy podcast um and of course guys you know check out if you haven't listened to the episode with uh, tommy defendi check out episode 25 of kimboology leave me um a, a little um feedback as well guys follow subscribe again feedback is great guys negative or positive. Cole's right. We, uh, we just want to hear your voice. Um, you can always email us at kimbologypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I got back on TikTok, y'all. That shit's hard, but I, I figured, I'm figuring it out. Um, so find me on, on TikTok, Kimbo, at Kimbology. Um, you know, you always can follow us on Instagram, at Kimbology Podcast, and Twitter, and all the fun things. Um, let's be interactive in the new year, guys. It'll be fun. Um, if you guys have ideas for shows too, I'm, I'm an open book. Becky should be back soon. I don't know. My co-host Becky, uh, she's out being a whore in, um, Mexico. No, I'm just playing. No, she's out and having a little vacation in Mexico with her family and her friends. So I miss her dearly, but she'll be back soon. And yeah, it's been a great episode. Cole, thank you so much for today. I really appreciate your time. And this has been a great, great episode. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you, Kimbo, and I love your show. Keep at it. Thank you, Cole. Thank you. And then with that, guys, we're going to leave you with peace, love, and happiness. And don't forget to masturbate, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. next week. Bye. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. <laughs> well, shoot the damn dog.